is the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it yo. Hot time scrolling for your long truths You might learn something you never know Could let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind just a baby girl. Hi everyone. Hey. Thank you all so much for coming. I had to um, sort out my makeups because it was it was not going the way that I wanted it to. But I'm done now. Um, thank you everyone for coming tonight. Even people who have children, like you, really came. You were just like social services. How about, I can't, just take them, take them, I need to go out. So no, thank you, I really, really appreciate everyone that's come out this evening, it means a lot that you're here for the goodbye show, um, I'm going to miss you all, yes, um, so we have bits for you to get at the back and stuff, I did the dickhead in recovery mugs like you asked for, so yeah, how many of the patrons are in the building? Look at yourselves, you always like to big yourselves up, wow. Oh, you're like, yeah. <laughs> Got special, um, special bags for you. That's why we've asked you not to take a bag from the back if you're a patron. Um, I've got special guests this evening. Layla will be the pers- uh, first performer this evening. A baby girl, an incredible polka. Have you set up your song? So she's going to be giving you bits. Give her all of the encouragement, all of all of the energy. How are you all this evening? Good, 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 good. You've got work tomorrow though. I just thought I'd remind you because you all really were like, yeah, but Monday, but Monday, but Monday. Um, Are you ready, Layla? Cool. All right. Yes. Yes. Give it to them. Hey, come on, singers. Fine, babe. Thank you. Aye, aye. Aye, aye. <laughs> Hello. You're there clapping. Can you see your age mate? She's not your age mate. She's not your age mate. Don't worry. Don't worry. Thank you so much, <laughs> Wow, you know, we have a student. Come and join us. And Layla's one of the teachers, so she'll be getting you like twisting up, twisting up your legs, all sorts. But no, thank you so much, Layla. Layla, I wanted um when it came to like planning the live show, I wanted energy um really, really similar to the energy that I have around me when I'm creating this stuff and Layla writes into the show. She, Whenever she's at the studio, even if she's just there as a student, I'm clearing up at the end. Oh, um, should I stay behind and help you clean? I'm just like, oh, Layla, no, no. This, this is child labor. But, 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 no. but I'm, always glad. I'm always so, so glad. So the next person I have for you is the incredible dilemma. Yes. So she'll be serving us poetry, giving us life. Um, We'll get started. We're just going to move this and set this up shortly. So you've got like two minutes and then we'll get going. But thank you all so much. 
Okay, people. So please help me welcome to the stage the incredible poet Dilemma. That could have been that could have been my head, guys. <laughs> um, can I have some some more life, um, some more volume on this? It's mine. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Lovely. Um, so I go by the name of Dilemma, D-Y-L-E-M-A, which is an acronym for Do You Let Every Man Adapt? <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you to Kalechi for um, allowing me to do her the honor today um, because it's an amazing event. She's an amazing woman. So I wanted the opportunity to come and show her how much I care about her work. So um, this first poem I'm doing is called Stranger. And I always start with this poem um, because I'm, I migrated to this country. I'm a real freshie. So <laughs> when I came to this country, people didn't understand me. So I wrote this poem called Stranger. Said you're calling me a stranger. How am I a stranger? Whoa, 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 what makes me a stranger now? Between me and you, uh, me and you, who here is a stranger? Oh, I am no stranger to the look, to the taste, to the feel of danger. I am no stranger to fire, water, or air, to the slippery slope, dying hope, hangman's rope, new birth by old generation of cavemen, caved in, minds enslaved in time unchanging. I am no stranger to your skin to my skin, to your thoughts, for they too are my thoughts. As misrepresenting, as the misunderstanding between hip-hop and grime, because they are saying the same thing. Give or take the rhythm of our lives. Do we not all go to the same destination? Does not our flesh return to the dust whereby it came from? Do we not all long to see love, to be loved, to seek eternal validation within love? Stranger, you call me. Look me in the eye. Pierce me in the side. In times of distress, I too cry. So what the heck makes you more different than I? I am no stranger. Does my blood bleed solid? Do the creases on my palm not show the tightness of the womb I came from? Where from? You have been neighbor. Some nine months before labor. Does that sound familiar, stranger? Though my lips may speak of triumph and defeat, does my teeth not disintegrate the same type of food that you eat? Though the combination and installation might be different, does my body not need the same type of nutrients you need? I am no stranger. I was born in the hot Nigerian climate, but from last I checked, you have no such degree in geography, so how can you validate your opinion of me based on the first place I placed my feet? <laughs> Said you're calling me a stranger. How am I a stranger? Whoa, 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 what makes me a stranger now? Between me and you, uh, me and you, who here is a stranger? Oh. So for future reference, I am me and you are you, and that's all we need to know. Thank you. I have, um... <laughs> Thank you. I have, um... I have a couple, I have a couple more poems for you, um, well, one and a half poem. Um, 
The next poem I'm doing is called What If a Black Girl Knew? And I um, wrote this poem for me and it suddenly, um, it basically touched more people than myself. So whenever, wherever I perform, I like to perform this poem because this seems to um, mean something to someone in the audience uh, each time. So this is called What If a Black Girl Knew? What if a black girl knew that she would be desired by others only if she desired herself? That beauty is not a shade but a mindset and the best indicator of it is self-confidence. As I talk some sense, insert here confidence. What if a black girl knew that her lips were plump and beautiful, that she does not need to hold them in, make them thin, does not need to rely on Kylie Jenner to make her lips an attainable thing? What if a black girl knew that there is no such thing as a perfect nose because a nose isn't meant to be perfect, it's meant to help you breathe. And if you can, and if, if you can breathe, black girl, you've succeeded. So what if a black girl knew that to be ratchet is a culture defined by the black goddesses whose weave could be any color and whose speech could be any kind of cross from slang to misplaced grammar. Such creativity, so what does it matter? Miley Cyrus does not need to twerk to generate praise for our culture. But what if a black girl knew not to be bitter, that her father, like her sons, were raised by black hands, and you see in your father what you eventually see in your man, for the molding of your father came from similar hands. So if bitter is the sculptor, then how sweet can be the man? If bitter is the black girl, then how sweet can be our clan? What if a black girl knew that her rubies were hidden in the sand? What if a black girl knew that her hair too was like finely refined wool and not a fiber of her hair was the opposite of cool but it reflects on the inside, the struggle on the outside when natural meets the straightness that we take to our hatred, hatred for ourselves that we project upon each other. But what if a black girl knew that history recorded her as the most sought after? That her bosoms were like raindrops that wouldn't dry after. That her body was a magnet to worldwide wonder. And the jealousy was so great that it polluted the perception of a black girl until a thousand years later. Now what if a black girl knew that she was that same creature that drove slave masters from wicked hate right down to love by the curves in her figure. Eight by that figure. Eight billion dollar figures in the bank account of that Coke bottle corporation launched by the shape of that same figure. Eight. Figure out, black girl, figure out. The figures match. The years of social degrading. Deliver to the black girl's demise. Check your figures. Media ratings. 1,000 Caucasians on the red carpet. Only two black girls make the cut. And they wonder why we can't grow. Let me guess. Because there are more dark girls than Lupita and Yongo. But what if a black girl knew that life is what you make of it? Opportunities are what you take from it. And there will be no female black president if no black girl wants to become it. What if a black girl knew not to be victim, not to be Pacquiao, but to be Floyd because this Mayweather leaves sun rays on our lawn? What if a black girl stopped waiting for the defeat to spring from our floors? What if a black girl knew that she should no longer take the abusive relationship between her and the media? but decided to make wedding bands between her and her mirror. What if a black girl knew that change is possible and greatness is personal? And though it is black girls at the bottom of the social totem pole, pressure makes diamonds. So it's time black girls to make your diamonds glow. What if a black girl knew? What if a black girl knew? What if a black girl knew? Knew, knew. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks so 
Um, that one's for you, Kelechi. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, my name is Dilemma. <laughs> and I, I really hope you enjoy the rest of the show. I'm very sure you know how much Kelechi has worked really hard, not just this year, but in her whole career. So I want you guys to enjoy today and take what you can from it. Um, this last poem is like, it's a really short poem, so I'm just going to do it and go. So if you want to find me... <laughs> If you want to find me, my name is Dilemma, D-Y-L-E-M-A underscore and everything. Um, so this poem is called He's, um, Night for Tonight. He said, women don't enjoy sex as much as men. I said, no, you're just shit. <laughs> and probably... I'm probably leaning towards domestic violence. Why else would the women you've ever been with never told you this? The confidence in your statement is mocking our hormones and saying F you to our chromosomes. I am sure the fault is yours. Because you should have had her. You should have had her neck tossed in opposite position. Eyes roll back the black of her head division. Body too weak to put vibration in submission. Nipples standing in command. Arch back like the bow of Cupid. Legs lifted to the sky. Wings of Pegasus. Resounding shudders. Eyeless clatter. Bottom murmur. Heart debacling tremor and trevor. You should have had her. Feet curl back holding invisible sheets between fingers. Pulling. Pushing. Tossing. Turning. Quivering. Riveting, bellowing, murmuring, spirit dancing, river walking, miraculous and tumultuous synergy, energy, air, fire, wind, air, water, warmer, hotter, fever, shiver, jitter, deepen, deeper, within, with her, Saruba Latasha Karashimasa. You should have had her. Speaking in tongues to the muteness becomes her. Then you would know that when she truly dances the tango, she enjoys as much as you. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. You just came to come and bless somebody. That was a poem. I can't even say a half. That was that was a lot. I was like, quiver, hey, it caught me. The energy, I caught the spirit. I caught the spirit. Beautiful, beautiful poem. So now we're gonna get into I'm not lurking in darkness for no reason. Um now we're gonna get into the really get into the thing. So I'd like to invite to the stage my babe, Kevin Moroski. Oh, see? No, you're all rude because when I came out, I didn't get that energy. But it's for Kevin that you're saving him. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I know that Kevin's a firm, firm fave on the show. And I'm just so honored that he'd be here this evening. And I know he's going to give us some gems. I still haven't gotten over um, 100 pennies. And I love the KKK. Any, anything you bless is great. We're probably going to move the table forward a bit, actually. Yeah. So you can all see. Thank you. Perfect. 
And for those who don't have seats, I think there are a couple of seats at the front for you. Just over here. Thank you. How are you doing, Kevin? I mean... Oh, wow. You never told me it was dress up, dress up. I'm really upset. <laughs> but but I was, I'm leaving. A man rarely came out in jogging bottom. <laughs> but you always look ton up. Like, your hair's incredible. I mean... <laughs> big up my mum, innit? It's gorgeous. So another hair guru that we have here that's been doing bits and doing bobs is Deborah. Where have you gone, Deborah? Why are you hiding? Come through. So don't worry if you don't know Deborah. Give her a round of applause. Now it might seem rather like odd because she Deborah hasn't been on the show, but Deborah and I go way back. We went to Brit school together. She studied theatre. I studied musical theatre. And um, she's just a really disrespectful person. And I just, <laughs> I thought, when I was thinking of guests for the show, I thought, I just need another disrespectful person to really finish off the League of Disrespectful look, look, Gentle People. Look at Deborah's outfit. <laughs> right? Look, she's given us lace, lace something. What would you call it? That skirt. Why are you giggling? I'm shy today. You're not well. <laughs> So, yeah, we've got Deborah as well in the building. So before we get started, I'm just going to let you know also that we are doing the sponsored discussion that I asked quite a few of you to like the post and you were all moving bougie like you've got other things to like. Um, but for those of you who did like the post, well done, really, really well done. We'll be talking about the book Voices of the Windrush Generation. It's written by David Matthews or he's collated all of these stories from people um, of the Windrush Generation and their views about how they arrived in this country, just their experiences. So we'll be talking about that shortly, but um, we're just going to get into, just get into the things. Get into the things. You've got work tomorrow. Wow. Our self-employment. Wow. So um, I feel like you have to give health and safety disclaimers. I'm not wearing any panties. So um, if you get a flash, that's your own problem. No one asks you to look there. Okay. Good. Can you see that? Can you see the direction I'm seeing? Just a baby girl with no underwear. Um, so... First of all, I wanted to say thank you to all of my sponsors, the people who sponsored the podcast and um, this live show. It's been incredible. So big up Ibile Botanica because she's provided, if you look in your goodie bags, you've got so, so many things in there. Um, Shanti provided um, sewn, like crocheted um, hearts and flowers and things that will be in your goodie bags. Um, well, maybe not all of your goodie bags. And also we've got um, Lorraine, who's the rain. She made some dolls, some, some key ring dolls as well that's in there and MPS Squishy and Co made me this what does it say yay so I'm just gonna hold it up from time to time um so she made me that but she also made you your own straws every single person has a straw in their bag as well so you don't have to keep posting me them Leon or Starbucks ones like you've got your own straws now so Keep them, keep them close, keep them dear. And also Afro Glory, aka Shahira, who's an incredible baby girl. We collaborated to make the weekly planners that you can now order, but 
When it goes, do not, I swear down, do not send me any message going, I'm like, no. Oh my God, I, I, I was sleeping and then it was gone. What, you were sleeping for five days? So, when you're not Lazarus, please. So, <laughs> so get, get your planners. So, big up Shahira Allen, for, aka Afro Glory, for creating the Christmas cards, that, like the black-centric Christmas cards that you'll have. Everyone will have one in their goodie bags as well. And um, what else do you have in your goodie bags? I think that's, have I forgotten someone? And also, um, party crashers, they made the balloons. So if you can see the balloons on the side, it says suck your mum and it also says say your mind. I love those balloons. They should be everywhere. Um, so you've just so many things, so many things. Thank you all so much for gifting these things for the goodie bags. I appreciate it so, so, so much. Also, you've got a postcard for Voices of the Windrush Generation. You've got that in your bags as well. So let's get into it. I couldn't start without giving you a song. <clears throat> Santa baby Put a striped straw under the tree For me They need to know about themselves Santa baby So they can suck their mother tonight Let's start the thing. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Kalechi Okafor. Welcome to the final episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as what, what? Say Your Mind! Yes! <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my God, I'm going to miss that. People won't even say in the street if I go officially known as, I'll be like, bitch, what? <laughs> but at least you know. So as I said, I've got Kevin in the building. I don't need to introduce Kevin, do I? No. Look at, look at, look at. We still want to do our cooking show, so whoever is commissioning this. Listen, like, once a week I mess it. I mess. I message you, and I'm like, I've got this other idea. I think 2019. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna do, do it. it. We're gonna do it. We've got so many, of stuff for so you. many things we want to do. So I tried to introduce Deborah earlier, and she told me to shut up that she wants to introduce herself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so go on, Deborah, introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> I can't believe this actually happened to me because I did go Brit school and I did do theatre, so I should have more confidence than this, right? Mm-hmm. She's well, just but... pretending. Like, Okay, let me stop pretending. Hi, everyone. My name's Deborah Lola and <laughs> I'm a bridal hairstylist. See, I said that earlier. You did. And then what did you say? I said, no, let me introduce myself. Okay. Okay, right. so that's what I'm doing. Okay, okay right, thanks. Right, right so... <laughs> So I'm a bridal hairstylist and I recently quit my nine to five job. <laughs> Energy. No. Well, what had happened was I was just tired. <laughs> I was just tired of working because I was doing hairstyling on the side, the business on the side and working nine to five. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed my nine to five job. So it wasn't a case of, oh my gosh, I hate it. I was just tired. I've been working since I was 16 years old. I've had enough now. Mm. You know, we all need a break sometime. So um, I took up the courage and I decided to send in my resignation letter. Mm -hmm. And I think that was back in June, July. I can't remember the exact date. And I promise you guys, on this day, I pressed, I pressed sent, um, sent my resignation letter. And then straight away, 
I received a text saying, oh, hi, Deborah, my school's looking for a teacher to teach hairdressing in the school, hair, hair and beauty. So I was like, oh, really? Bearing in mind, um, last year, I'd already started putting a proposal together to send to schools to try and get into teaching hairdressing in schools. So this was all from like last year. And I've been thinking, and I remember a time I put out on Instagram, um, any teachers, you know, that teaching school, please contact me, blah, blah, blah. I got maybe a few responses, but nothing came out of it. So cool. So as soon as I sent that resignation letter, I got that message. So I sent in my CV and then I had the interview. This was a Monday, by the way. So the Wednesday I went for an interview and then by Friday I got told I got the job. So I was, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, what? Hold on a minute. And I'm going to be, it's not, for me, I had, I remember I had so much fear before I did that. Mm. Because remember, I've got bills to pay. So I was thinking for a long time, the fear of, you know, where am I going to get money from? Obviously, yes, I had my business, but you know, I like money. Who doesn't? You like shoes. (laughs) Yeah, I like shoes. I like bags, you know, and I like the good things in life. So yeah, so that happened, got the job. Um, But for me, what was more important is me making an impact because it wasn't, I've been, you know, someone gave me a skill, allowed me to acquire skill, which was my mother with the hairdressing. Mm-hmm. And it was a case of, I wanted to give back. And the only way I know how to give back is through my skills, using my hands, mm-hmm. you know, and that's me doing hair. And if I can give somebody else a skill to develop themselves, which are young gen- the younger generation, then why not? So, yeah, so I've been doing that since September. Mm. And I teach at a PRU. A PRU school is a people referral unit. So it's not a mainstream school. So when you get kicked out of the mainstream school, that's the next, that's where you're put into. So I know some of you might be familiar, familiar with the term centre. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so that was... Well, the real name for it is Prue, not Centre. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. so in because we were having this discussion, and that now you understand why Deborah's here because it's that education thing. So it's, for me, the theme of this final show is education, and there's a piece that I picked out in Voices of the Windrush Generation about education. Statistically, roughly, how many black children go to Prue? Well, I'm not. I can't tell you the exact mm. stati- statistics, but in my school, there's about two white children in my school. Of how many students? Wow, there's probably about 50. 50? Yeah, there's about 50 children so in two, total. In, so 50 children in yeah, total. Yeah, and there's about two white children. And two yeah. white children in yeah. that school. And the reason I say that is because if you've been watching my Instagram stories, you know how I feel about these sort of things where Tommy can be stabbing someone with a pencil mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you know, he's just boisterous. Yeah. He's just boisterous. He's just so full of life. Had so much sugar. But then somebody... <laughs> But then a black child will be sitting down and because they didn't get up when you told them to get up or maybe they, they had um, dreadlocks or maybe, I don't know, they had some haircut that you don't approve of, they're getting dashed out. Yeah. So to me, that is how we um, kind of keep up or propagate the school to prison pipeline because black children are just expelled for being black and they're four times more likely, I think, to be expelled. Um, and that worries me. It worries me that they're being sent 
outside of mainstream schools to get education elsewhere. And luckily, someone like Deborah who went, okay, I don't want to do my nine to five anymore. I want to go and use the skills that I have to help in another capacity, like in terms of a vocational school. She's there, but I don't feel like there are enough people who truly care because already they've seen you as the bad child. So, yeah, so in case you didn't know, that is what we'll be talking more about today. And I want to hear your views on it as well. So we're going to actually have a discussion, then have the Q&A much, much later. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Wunderbar. Okay. So um, I'm going to throw out Share Your Magnificence, first of all, to you guys. Who would you say is your magnificent person for this year? Oh, you go first. Ladies first. <laughs> Okay, so my magnificent person this year is going to be Gabrielle Union. Yes, for those who don't know, Gabrielle Union doesn't age. No, that's not why. (laughs) That's not why. That's not why. Um, The reason I chose Gabrielle Union is because she's been very public about her struggles with um, reproductive you know, you know, in terms of like having a child and stuff, she's been very forthright about that. And she's shared her agony. She shared her pain when that useless bamboon, that bamboon, baboon that she's married to decided to go and have a baby, a, a, a baby, a break baby or baby break. break. Baby. Yeah, they were on a break and he went and had a whole last child with somebody else. Um, but she... You know, she really faced her front. She really kept her energy up. And now she has her baby. And I'm really happy for her because what she's also encouraging us to do is have more discussions about alternative ways to have children. And so she had that baby by surrogate. Yeah. Yeah, And I just think it's incredibly brave because people like to kind of pigeonhole black women, I think. And pigeonhole them into being like, oh, we're the mothers of the world and things like that. So what happens when you can't, have children or you don't want to oh my god heaven forbid you don't want to have children how does that impact on your womanhood or your black womanhood like how is all of how is that all affected because these are the parameters within which we decide what who can call themselves um call themselves women and that's problematic you know so it's moving it out of that conversation and i don't think that she was um doing that like consciously but that's what I saw from the fact that she shared all of these things that happened to her and I'm just really really happy for her that she's been so vocal and now she has her baby and she can live her best life so yeah that's my person Gabrielle Union mine is um so happy you put me on the spot like this (laughs) so no dress code and now on the spot (laughs) um I'm gonna say first person comes to mind I think is Diane Abbott because that woman has been doing bits for the longest time. Yeah. Um, surviving in the most hostile environment. Oh, yeah. Um, and hasn't backed down once. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen her falter. Like, she just keeps going and keeps going. And has as the internet has changed into what it is and she's become more accessible in different ways, mm. um, she's still not backing down. She's like, cool. Um, so I would say... Yeah, I'm going to say Diane Abbott. Diane Abbott, definitely, definitely. I see that. I see that. It's, I remember when, was it last year, when she just had to take a break because all of the madness was affecting her health Yeah. from all the things that people were doing. And that's why I just really... And there's a black MP recently that got fired. Because of her son. Huh? She resigned. Resigned. Um, because of what? Uh, so because I of think, a, a, some I paparazzi person? No, no, it was... Wasn't the one that got the speech? 
So I read something it was to do with the son had done something or made a mistake. Yeah. And but there was pressure. Wasn't it the speed? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. It was something to do with he went he tried to go into a club or something or had maybe I'm completely wrong, but that's what I read today. It was something to do with a son, but I'm confused as to how that means that she needed to resign. But any little thing, but then um Anne Marie Morris can say nigger in a wood pile and and she's back at work now. Um, Amber Rudd can move mad. She's back at work now. So it's just interesting to me the space that's given to white MPs, obviously more more in the fact of male MPs, but, you know, definitely white female MPs as well. They get some space there too, that everyone can fill up. Everyone can fill up except for black women. And I don't understand that. And even when you're not failing, you haven't even done anything, but they're like, yeah, well, you... You're losing your job. It's so quick. If that same energy, there are so many other MPs that need to resign that are still left there. And I just find it really, really odd. Who would you choose as your magnificent person? Is it a bit too obvious if I say Michelle Obama? Go on. Michelle Obama? Okay. <laughs> Why? Um, I started reading a book. Okay. And I'm just um, on the chapter of a childhood mm-hmm. stage. And just reading about experiences growing up and how she's been able to go from just being a normal girl in Chicago to where she's, she is now yeah. and what her family, especially her dad, because I don't know if some of you know, her dad was diagnosed with MS. Mm. So having to deal with that, because I, I have a friend that her dad had MS and died recently. Mm. So having to deal with that and still... Be, to be where she's at and not let anything stop her from getting, you know, getting to where she is today. Yeah. That's, for me, is a big, you know, she's my magnificent person. Now, Michelle Obama's doing bits. And I say it all the time, and I know people don't always agree with me, but she's the only thing I really liked about the Obama administration. <laughs> but that's how I feel. Anyway... So um, we're going to get into the tarot because I did Magnificence first so I can get you into the tarot. So the tarot, I pulled quite a few cards this week. Um, shall we start with the... I don't, did, I don't think this is the one we had at the live show, but maybe it might have been. I don't know why it keeps coming up at the live shows. The card I pulled from the Black Angel deck of cards is the Queen. Does anyone remember that from the last live show? No? Well, let me read what it says about the Queen. The Queen. Um... I just, I felt like it'd come up already, which is why I asked. So, it says here of the Queen, you are receiving and honouring all spirits. On your waking path, you're receptive. On the sleeping path, you feel unworthy. The Queen represents one who protects. Your protection is given by honouring all human life. In this honouring, you too are honoured. To the Queen, everyone has the right to well-being. By believing that all human life should be valued, you make it your life's mission to encourage people to honour their own and other spirits. On the waking path, you are able to receive everyone as you can see beyond the physical presence and into the heart and spirit of many. With the queen qualities, you tend towards philosophy and grapple with ways of sustaining life. You are seen as esoteric and or private. You're often known for providing motivation by encouraging people to live life to its fullest. You display an air of deserving all the attention you receive. 
On the sleeping path, you're often misunderstood and not trusted because of your dual task of honoring and being honored. This misunderstanding becomes of consequence if you forget the task of protecting, but look to be honored anyway. We have all seen this type of queen, the one who forgets she's only queen by virtue of the fact that there are people she must protect and honor in her life. You suddenly acquire the stigma, the stigma of an uppity queen when you move into a selfish state and forget about others. Queens without a sense of others are not queens at all. Queens without a sense of others are not queens at all. When you fall into confusion of being honored, uh, you may start to get a sense that no one is interested in your well-being any longer. You then grow tired of regarding others in your life. The sleeping path may also include your inability to access queen qualities because you do not feel you deserve to receive attention in the family, community or society. You hide behind a nonchalant attitude when underneath you are longing to be more visible. Perhaps invisibility and the resentment that comes from it, um, that comes from it is nothing new to you. When you feel a sense of longing to be seen as a queen, you might also be feeling a sense of unworthiness. Is there a need to be seen or your work to be validated. You have helped others over and over. You may have even found yourself stepping in front of the train for other people for no reason. And if you got hit, you may have felt that no one cared. These feelings could have left you um, a harsh queen. Even in your protection, you can hover over others, smothering their growth potential by um, overprotecting. This can happen in parenting our children as well recognize that you are you have unwarranted expectations of others also your perception of others can be clouded by the fact that your honoring and protecting can feel like a burden it is only a burden when you have no desire to live your life in such a way letting people know when you are not available makes room for revival being honored and respected is earned through your honesty and true um, and true honoring of the spirits of others Also, having your heart exposed can be frightful to you as queen, but it may be necessary in order for you to receive love. Continuing in your queen powers with a purpose and mission beyond the self will bring you life's treasures. Wow. Don't know who that's about. (laughs) What, that resonated with you? How? Because I'm a queen. Get out. resonate with that I think the first time I pulled that I could it, the card itself I don't know if you can see very clearly but the card itself reminds me of the Empress card in the tarot deck um and just that kind of regal effortless kind of being but then when you have to start putting effort into it maybe you're doing too much like I think it just it should just come out of you exude from you naturally that's what you're aiming for um the card that I pulled from the say your mind affirmation deck who has the say your mind affirmation deck yay disappointingly few of you wonder what happened there they were sleeping they were sleeping wonder what happened um and they're not coming back, as you've noticed. <laughs> so, the card I pulled is, my food is seasoned and so is my life. <laughs> Those who season their food know to expect the best from life. <laughs> if there are any areas of blandness in your life, add your unique spice to it. Create a life that tastes amazing. Yes. yes. Um, the, card, the first card that came out from the tarot deck, not going to lie, was the world. The world card is the last card of the tarot deck. 
And it's the last episode of the podcast. But it's a beautiful card because it speaks to um, rewards, graduation, you know, almost like you're graduating up, you're leveling up from something and an ending of things. But also that there's another cycle to begin when one thing ends, another thing begins. And so it's, I think it's beautiful that that card came up. So for quite a few of us, we might be ending things and moving on to something else, whether that's jobs, relationships, or just patterns of behavior, we're now ready to move on to something else, something greater. And we've learned all that we need to learn from that stage that we were in. The next card that came out was the five of cups. So for some people, I guess it's speaking to the idea of the fact that you're moving on from past disappointments. This makes me so happy because some of you kept making this card come up every fucking week. So um, it was either this one or the eight of cups. It kept coming up because you didn't want to let go of past disappointments. And I totally feel that as well. So I'm not even just saying it in terms of you, man, but I'm saying it for myself as well. Like, um, especially with all the things that happened in my life this year, there was holding, there was a lot of grief and there was a lot of holding on to disappointment. And the world card with coming out first is speaking to the fact that this is ending, like this disappointment is ending and a lot of you are ready to move on from whatever it is that hurt you or that you felt should have ended up being different. Um, And the reason I say that it's ending is because the next card that came up was another major arcana card after the the world. It's the sun. And so the sun is like new beginnings. For some people, it might be, um, you know, literally a a child. But for a lot of people, it's just a new beginning. You're starting, you had your disappointments and now fresh things are coming your way. And literally the sun is shining on all of the things that you want, which means that it's going to bloom into what you want it to bloom into. Um, And again, it's interesting that that was the card that came up and then it came up straight after with the nine of coins. And the nine of coins, we see a woman who's tending to her garden and there are nine coins growing in her garden. So literally this sun that I've just showed you means that the things that you've planted in your life that you probably haven't seen sprout the way that you want to and you were a bit disappointed and you're like, rah, when when are you going to grow? It's the fact that it is growing now. It is growing now because you've ended a cycle. What needed to happen, that process of germination has taken place and now the things that you've um, planted are actually going to come to fruition and you're going to see it and you're going to live your best life. But the fact that it's pentacles, I do feel like it's a financial thing. It's a stage in your life that you're moving into that maybe you'll have more financial stability but also that means that you have to get rid of the um, fear of lack so when good things are happening to you you still get scared of but what if it stops Mm -hmm. but what if it doesn't you know and it's the energy of like the good things are happening the good things are happening you don't want to celebrate it because you're shook that well what if it stops and then and then i'm back to square one you none of us are ever going back to square one in jesus name so so that's that's really what the card is saying to me like your time of abundance is here but you can't enjoy it if all you're focusing on is all of the times that you were living in the five of cups energy when things disappointed you because even in the five of cups you've got three cups that are are turned over they didn't go the way you want them to but you've got two cups that are still upright that you can still fill with the things you can still fill it with joy and it's about looking forever in your life you've still got those two cups and filling it don't waste time by dwelling and looking at the three cups that are turned upside down um and yeah that's what i read from the tarot go on yeah yeah. and do you know what guys sometimes you just have to um make your own joy Mm. create your own happiness create um your own peace 
Like you don't necessarily always have to wait for something or someone to create that happiness for you. You can create that for yourself. Like whatever it is that you've always wanted to do, do it. You know, where she's mentioned about one of these cups, yeah, the right? Of cups, yeah. The five of cups. So that that cup that's empty, you can fill it yourself. Yeah. You know, so um, I'm just adding to that because I was at a position in my life where at one time I felt like my happiness depended on somebody else. Yeah. yeah. But I soon realized two years ago in 2016 that no, my happiness depends on me. I have to make myself happy. And whether it is me shutting the door, you know, saying... I don't want to speak to certain people anymore. Yeah. That's okay. You know, or if I, like I, like I did this year, quit my nine to five, mm. that was okay. You know, the times when you think that good things won't come your way, trust me, you are probably stopping those good things coming your way by holding on yeah. to, you know, wherever it is you are in life. But this, the minute you say bye to certain things, certain situations, certain people, is when... Your, your happiness will start opening up. It will start coming 100%. Yes. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. How do you feel about them parts? Um, I feel like the queen one. Yeah. I love that card because mm-hmm. I feel like it's the real definition of queen. These mm. dirty, stinking boys out here. Oh. <laughs> I never expected that. Oh. <laughs> Might give it to you. <laughs> These dirty stinking boys out here, and like, oh my queen, this and and it's like, don't don't Hoteps. listen to that. Yeah, <laughs> hoteps. You don't know the hoteps. They always hoteps. love wearing like wooden beads around their oh. neck. Wild. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry if any of you are wearing that. Oh my god. <laughs> and smell of incense. And oh god. <laughs> and their beards are always patchy. Isn't it? <laughs> Ooh. It's not our fault they've got a uniform. (laughs) I really like that card. I think, um, to me, that card just spoke about the idea of like uh, giving and expecting to receive all of these things, and which ties into what you just said about making your own happiness. I think you can be a good person. I think that you can give but I think you're also allowed to like monitor that and be like how much can I give and don't get mad when people don't give you the same energy yeah don't give you the same energy it's like it's cool like if you're gonna give like just give freely Um, I think in terms of the other cards as well it's like yeah I see so many people like hold and badger on to the things they have but want new things but where are you putting it like because you don't have the space if you take it back to like gardening as well like things have to die away to come back or new things to grow you can't just be out here trying to things need space to breathe imagine like take your life for like oh fucking hell at um the northern line at 9 (laughs) a.m wow like some of you are absolutely moving like that train at 9 a.m. packed to the brim. All of these stinking dirty people in your space. And it's like, there's no space for anything else. More time I'm late to the office, you know, because I, I refuse like to get on those tubes. If I can't ride my bike, I'm like, cool, I will roll up to the office at 10 o'clock. 
meant to be there from like 9.30, but it's like, it was too packed. Yeah. And it just wasn't my time. <laughs> my chakras didn't align. Yeah, it just, it, just wasn't, it just wasn't my time. I think we also live in a society that, or not even a society, like the world in general, where it's like, they would have you believe there is not enough, there is more than enough. Like, you just have to believe it. And when have you never not been okay? Yes, exactly. When have you never not survived the things that have happened? Like, it's cool, like, have a moment. Do your thing. Do your thing, have a bit of a cry, but like, listen, like, my ancestors did not come as far as they did for me to, like, just... Oh, da 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 like yeah. nah 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 no, not it's at a, all. It's a, it's a lot. I I I agree. I agree. I feel like, fam, your time is your time. Your time is your time, and I feel that no matter how much you try to hold on to something that is done, it will get dragged out of your hands. Like the universe will drag it out of your hands because you you always be given. More. Yeah, you you'll always be given. Like I feel like the universe gives you about three chances to do it yourself. Like, it wants to see, like, if you're just going to do it yourself. Yes. Like, babe, let it go. Yes. No, yes. babe, let it go. No, babe, final warning. I said what I said. All right, cool. And then that's when the tower card comes. And then the tower card comes and it knocks everything. Like, literally, the table gets flipped on you because you don't want to listen. And it's universe going, but I told you. And every and, it, and, it's, not, and it's not just that one thing. Because the table got lick off. Every... When you could have just taken the one thing that they asked you to take off the table, you could have just taken it off yourself. Look, you look now, take it off, look. So then they're like, well, you made me do cry. it. Now you want to cry. Now you want to cry. Dry your eyes, mate. You know, like, <laughs> deal with it. Deal with it because nobody begged you. When the, so I feel like when the universe is asking you and asking you, like, I think the best thing you can do is honour it. And I think all around us all of the time, like the world is telling us the story of beginnings and endings. Like people love to say, oh, when it comes to fall, that's when I'm really going to start dressing. You know, when it comes to winter, that's when I got my, that's when I'm really going to start dressing. But these times you haven't actually clocked the seasons, clock how the seasons are moving. The seasons have, there's a time for each season. Yeah. And when one, when it's time for one to end, like shout out to global warming, when it's, <laughs> when it's time for one season to end, the way it should work is that it ends and then the other one begins. But that's not really what we're seeing. But, <laughs> so even Earth doesn't want to listen anymore. <laughs> but that's going to end somehow. Um, so, um, but, you know, I look at the leaves and autumn is usually my favourite time. Autumn's my favourite time because ah. you see... You see, oh, I love, like, I love, the, I I love, love it. Autumn. Like the brown leaves and yeah. stuff. And the trees are bare. And imagine being part of that imagine being a tree knowing that that needs to happen and you're bawling your eyes out but in spring you're gonna get new leaves yeah so and I just have to remind myself that all around me God is reminding me all the time that beginnings and endings are just endless and there is a season for everything and if you submit yourself to the universe and let the seasons happen as they will and don't you don't become Donald Trump with the global warning uh, global warming thing you let the seasons happen as they should then you'll find that all of your blessings come at the time that they need to come. You can't have your winter blessings in summer. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. Yeah, there is a blessing for every season. And there's a process to everything. Yeah. Right? And what we always tend to do is try and miss the process. You said this in 100 pennies. Yeah. Oh, did you? See? Yeah. 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 You know, 100 pennies. You like... can't always use steps for, as an example. To get from A, from the first step to the next step, do you not have to go I jump, climb yeah. the next step? <laughs> Well, some of us, some of us with short legs, we can't jump the steps. 
<laughs> we have to walk the steps. And you can't miss the process. And another thing I always say is, no matter where you find, no matter the position you find yourself, whether it's a bad relationship, whether there's a horrible job, whatever it is, my my phrase that I always say to myself is, get on with it. Okay. It doesn't matter. Just get on with it because don't don't say, I'm going to wait for somebody to do this or for somebody to say this to me. Get on because time's not stopping for you. Yeah. Time is still moving. So get on with it. Do what you need to do for you. And, no, yeah. I agree. And another thing I was going to say about the seasons also is that I don't know if you watch this stuff on YouTube. Maybe you're not like me. I just sit there and like go down this rabbit hole but um i learned some really really interesting things and then i went to go and like read up about it but just the way that we operate the reason that a lot of us like i laugh at lauren hill yeah and i really shouldn't laugh at lauren hill i only laugh because she shows up like you man still buy tickets to go see her and she does and she shows up late but but i agree with the fact yeah that she said that her chakras didn't align with the time the, at first i laughed and then i understood <laughs> The reason I say that is because the clocks and the calendars as we use it in this Western society actually don't work to the ways that our bodies work and the way that the moon works and all of that. It doesn't work with us. That's why you're finding that people go, I'm not a morning person, I'm not this person, I'm not that person. No, it's just you don't like the clocks that they're using like in this society. It's, you don't. And so if and that's why I'm saying that like, your blessings can't run with the time that has been created in our society. Move your blessings and look at it in terms of seasons and life feels so much better that way because the time that we're working with is not right it doesn't it's not how we're it's, meant to it's, work it's that thing of like that thing of like when you you hear that voice whether you call it god mm-hmm. like or you whatever you want to call it and it's in you now this isn't it or this is it go for it and like i think sometimes or more time people are ignoring that voice imagine ignoring yourself because it's so quiet sometimes you know the voice is so quiet sometimes and it's only after the thing has happened that you're like shit that you told me but i'm talking about when that's happened a couple of times yeah yeah and you're you're still not listening yeah and you're still not listen to yourselves and also like for me there's just no such thing as like failure call like it's done, it happened, you learn from it, you might do it again, like, just carry on, like, you, like, you're deserving of, like, forgiveness and moving on, and you don't have to be perfect, and... It's about forgiving yourself. It's about forgiving yourself and forgiving people around you, and I know it's not easy, I'm not coming from a space of uh, kumbaya, everybody, it's not that at all. Those of you that know me, know me, know I'm always ready for the war. My point is, <laughs> my point is, it's it's about just finding that peace within yourself because actually, outside of yourself, there is no peace because you're not by yourself. I have to interact with what your journey is, what your journey is, and those things sometimes bump and misalign, and it's call it, it bump and grind. <laughs> But no, I agree. My therapist says it all the time. She's like, you can have all of the tools that you want and you can be as prepared as you want, but other people don't have those tools. So they're still going to move mad. So it's it's really, you can have all the tools. They don't have the tools. So you're still going to come across people like life is not going to be perfect because you have the tools. It's You're just going to be able to handle it better, but it's still, it is what it is. So, so yeah, this, there's, there's not this 
in this life, I personally, I believe, there's not this mystical place where you get to at a certain age and time and everything is just... No, no. It, it, that, doesn't, that doesn't exist. And I think um, it doesn't exist. So therefore, once you kind of get used to that idea... Don't Listen, I'm not saying have anyone out here take you for an idiot. Yeah, it's not yeah, that yeah. at all. But just understand that it's always... Gonna, that is life. And it's about... Okay, how are you equipping yourself to, um, how are you equipping yourself to deal with those situations? So if you are going up the hill, and you need to get up that hill, and it's a bit of friction, is that not the time that you need to load off so you can get up the hill? Yeah, yeah. But then when you're going down, like you can collect what you want in it. It's the roller coaster. Like, do you get yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, for me, but I'm not. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that I've perfected that like at all, but since I've kind of tried to implement that yeah. process and understand that, like, so many things have come to me. And when it's time for things to go, it's like, cool. Let them okay, go. Let, let them, them go. go. I think that's my hardest thing. I don't Erica Badu, bag lady. Yeah, and I, I played that on my radio show on Friday. I played it because you're going to get tired of all them bags that you're carrying. Mm. Sis, let it go. Bag lady. Bag lady. Oh, <laughs> I love her music. I just wish she wasn't so problematic. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love her music. So anyway, instead of having So You Mad this week, and you can suggest your So You Mad, but um, instead of having So You Mad uh, this week, I'm going to read an excerpt from the book, Voices of the Windrush Generation by David Matthews. Um, I was reading the book and this particular part really, really got to me because of, you know, it's why I asked Deborah to be here. And I know that Kevin has quite a bit to say about it as well. It really got to me because... Whenever I read things and I'm like, fam, that hasn't changed. It bothers me because I'm like, so what are we doing? Like, what are we doing that we're still in the same place that these people were decades ago? That's worrying. So it's um, a, one of the um, accounts by Jimmy Ellis. So basically the way that the book works um, or is written or curated, I guess, is that different stories from people of the Windrush generation are in here. And um, they've been put together in a really interesting way. But this account is from Jimmy Ellis. And I tweeted about it earlier on in the week. So I'm just going to tell you a bit about Jimmy Ellis from what it says at the front. So it says here, Jimmy Ellis came to Britain from Jamaica in 1963, age 12. For over 50 years, he's built a family, a home, a business, and a wide social network. But it hasn't all been plain sailing. So I'm just jumping to page 104, where he starts talking about his school life. And he says, I will never forget that we had a school teacher called Mr. K. He did maths, but he wasn't very good at it. A bloop. Anyway, um, I'd say, oh, I don't quite understand that, sir. And he'd go, blah, 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 and move on. If ever the white kids didn't understand anything and put their hands up, he would then go next to them and help them to resolve it. But he would never come next to one of us lads. He'd stay at the blackboard and discuss it. So straight away, I started to think, hmm, because racism wasn't even a word to me then. As I got older, I understood it. And I realized that he had a problem with black people. He wouldn't come close to us, but he'd go next to the white kids and explain the maths. But with myself or any other black kid, that's how it was. He'd blabber from where he was and never come next to us. I'd go and sit down and talk to my dad about this. And he'd go, look, son, as long as you're in this country, a handful of, pe of these people will be ignorant. You just know what you know 
do what you have to do and get on. If you get yourself an education, they can take away property, anything, take away your car, your clothes, but they can't take back the education. Whatever part of the world you go, if you're educated, you will stand a better chance of surviving than if you're not. So that was his ethos. Yes. So first, I'll put it to you guys. What does that say to you? I'll start, I'll start with you, Deborah, because, you know, you're in this system. What do I think yeah. <sighs> what do I think about it? Um, well, I'm in a school where the kids have already been kicked out of the mainstream school. Mm-hmm. And when I see some of the behaviours of the children, I question why are they there? And some of the children, I don't question it. And... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being honest. (laughs) No, because I've, I've questioned many times before, so why is this person here? You know, they seem fine to me. And what I did notice some of the kids is sometimes I put myself in their shoes and I think to myself, so does that mean when I was in school, I could have been kicked out of school as well? Because I wasn't a bad child. I may, I can say I was, you know, classified as destructive. Destructive. You know, I was destructive, but I don't think I was that bad enough to have been warranted to be kicked out of school. Yeah. Because some of the kids, they are, I just classified, classified them as destructive. So does that mean the teachers didn't care about them enough or the teachers didn't want to take time out to actually understand why they were behaving the way they were behaving? Or is it a case of we just need to make sure the school's getting the best grades and kick out the scums? I don't know if I can say, if that's how they've been viewed. You know, so... Um, to know that, you know, that that happened during those times is what's still probably happening now. Because I remember I was in class, um, Spanish class, actually. And, my, and I felt like my Spanish teacher didn't care. Miss LaBelle, I'll say her name out loud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't feel like she cared about me. And um, maybe that's, the, uh, that's, yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason. She didn't like me. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, but it's sad. It's sad to know that some of these kids are being deprived the best education that they need to get through life because what? The colour of my skin. Or because you don't deem me smart enough. So because you don't see any of the qualities you're looking for in your school, then okay, kick me out. And it, it, honestly, guys, it makes me sad Every time I go into school every Wednesday and I see those kids, some of them, I can see why, once again, but some of the others, I just, it just and I tell you, this, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know if I should be saying this, but it feels like some of these kids that are in this unit, it's all, it's all a money-making machine. Whoa. You know, like, honest, honestly, because obviously it's, it's funded by the government, so... The more, the more kids you put into this system, into this center, is the more money they make. And and I'm so glad I'm in the education system now because I know the kind of school I want to send my children to. 
you know. So, and I feel like we should all be educated in the kind of schools that we we send our children, our brothers and sisters, and just get to understand what actually goes behind closed doors because schools are being privatized now, aren't they? Yeah, you know, so yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. It's just sad to know that's still happening. Yeah. I think that. Um, I think education um, never did much for me okay. um, because of so I I think um, I can't give credit to my dad on this one. Oh. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. It was my mom. My dad's a waste man. Big up everyone with a waste. <laughs> it was my mom. But um, from an early age, I was made aware of like how I would be viewed and treated. Um, I was talking about this yesterday. Being, I was made aware of how I'd be viewed and treated, but equally my mother made sure that I understood the magic that runs within my blood. Um, so cool. So when this type of fuckeries happened in school, I understood what was going on. Um, so I had to seek my education in different spaces so therefore, I'm quite good at maths, but I'm good at maths because uh, I helped my mum with shopping and how to figure out how we would use milk tokens. Um, I'm good at English, not so much writing, but in terms of um, debates and being clear of how I speak because of Biggie Smalls. Do you understand? Like, yeah. the, I had to take different things from different spaces because yeah. Yeah. there were one or two teachers that were cool, but for the most part, they didn't care about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to a point with... I don't know if I've spoken about this on, before, but I got to a point with um, photography, and I really thought that I needed, like, a piece of paper and a, de- a degree to prove that I was. Went to uh, the uni... Um, I went with my portfolio. By this point, I taught myself whatever I taught myself, went with my book, hoping, got there. He was like, this is great. Go straight to the second year. Yeah, yeah. So I bypassed the whole year. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Got in there. Again, the same thing. It was just a madness. Like, they didn't really care. And I felt like I was just a number and it had been ticked off and I represented a certain amount of money. It just, it felt wrong and it felt like how I'd always felt in school. So I, I bounced from that and just kept on doing what I was doing and just taught myself. Um, it's only in the past four years, I'm like 30 plus, it's only in the past four years that I've actually been diagnosed as being dyslexic. Wow. Like imagine, imagine that. So all this time while I'm at school, and I was wild, I, I, I'm a road you, I was wild at school, <laughs> but I was wild because... I, did, I couldn't put my energy anywhere. Like, I look at things differently. Like, I see things uh, in colour and in images and, and I'm interested in the creativity of things and why, why, why? And we have to take it apart. And my teachers just weren't interested in that. On one level, it was just a job to them. And on the other level, blatantly, it was because I was a black kid. Um, but imagine, yeah, only in the past four years... Like, I've been, oh, you are dyslexic. That's why you have problems with reading and writing. But actually, if you put this in place and that in place and all the rest of it. um, And I think it is a business. I think it is in terms of, and I realise that with my, my main work that I do in advertising now, 
that actually kids are um, dashed to the side but become very important when when we're able to turn them into money. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, Gen Z, rare, 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 and it's like, cool. And it's also like, what are, what are you teaching these kids? Mm. Do you understand? Like, I'll give you two examples. Like, I've got one friend who probably, it's probably been about a year and a half, she took her kids out of school and decided to homeschool. Um, and the youngest one, not the youngest one, the only boy, he was, wasn't great at maths. And they just, they couldn't get it with him. And she took him out. Now he's great at maths because she found a different way to teach him. And the way that she teached him was through baking and measuring. Oh. Do you understand? And it's like, oh, right, so that, that. And you would take away from that. Banging at it now. Um, and the other thing I was thinking of is I recently did a film called Kitchen that's on yeah, yeah, Knife yeah. Crime. And one of the... That um, it's based on different interviews patched together, um, and, and one of the um, what is the word I'm looking for comments, I guess, observations was from a doctor I interviewed, and she was talking about her how her mother was a teacher but in a different school. So when her mother went to school, um, the parents' evening, they were like, she doesn't pay attention, she doesn't want to do the work, she doesn't this that 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 that, and the mum was like, it's because the work's too easy. My daughter has like a very active uh, imagination. It works too easy. Trying a higher grade. And they did. And she was like, oh, it's been amazing, blah, blah, blah. But they were just ready to dismiss her. I really believe that everybody is intelligent in their own right. I really believe that everybody is creative and magical in their own right. I don't just say that to sound like, oh, I was on stage. He's saying something great. I I truly fucking believe that shit. Everybody has their own fucking magic. And the school system at the moment for me is based on a school system from how many hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. So you only came with certain people anyway. Yeah. And that hasn't changed. That, that, hasn't, that hasn't changed at all. It doesn't incorporate the different kind of skills no. and, and magic that people can bring to the table. No, I, I, I agree. And I think that that's really what struck me about reading that um, account by Jimmy Ellis. Reading that and thinking, but my brothers can say that now. Like, you know, my nephew can probably say that now. Because there was a... My nephew's in nursery school and his mum had to go and drag up one of the, the, the women there because she kept pulling my nephew and she would say, oh, you're a bad boy. She'd be pulling him anyhow. And he came home and he said, oh, she's always pulling me. And he's only like four. He was like, oh, she's always pulling me. So big, big energy. His mum went to the school. What does that do to the child? Exactly, exactly. She went to the school and she was like, do it again. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> and now she knows to keep her hands to herself. That's what you're telling them. Keep your hands to yourself. You keep your hands to yourself. And it's just the lack of like, I guess humanity that's afforded to black children and their cultural um, differences are never taken into account. It's like, nobody cares. What do you mean you do this? What do you mean you do this? And I think that an over-policing of the way that black students and pupils dress even is another thing that, it's, it's another way of distracting yourself from actually teaching them if you can complain about why have you got a line in your head why have you got this why have you got why have you got locks why is your hair like this like it, Notre Dame shout out Notre Dame we were there was a rule that 
none of the black girls, whenever we had braids, we could never have any other color color in our braids. And I, we could only have black. So I thought that was really interesting because when Zoe and them man came in, they had the front of their hair blonde and then the bottom jet black. What are you, skunk? <laughs> like, but you, you can have that. You can have that hairstyle and Sister Anne-Marie isn't saying to you, oh, you can't come to school because you, you look like a zebra crossing. She's not saying that to you. Like, you're fine. But because I wanted two, two blonde braids or honey brown braids in my black, my mass of black braids, I now can't come to school for two days or until I remove them. So why I should just have two sticking out pieces of hair in a mass of braids. Like there was no, and it's those kind of things that are so, it sounds really trivial, but they're so racialized because all you're doing is normalizing the things that these white pupils can do. But if we do anything other than what you've told us we're allowed to do, then it's like, oh yeah, don't come. And it's always don't come to school. They can pretty much stab someone and I keep saying stab someone with a pencil because it happens so often they can pretty much stab someone with a pencil and it's like that's naughty detention they're not out of school though they're still in school but because I wanted two two blonde braids I'm out of the school until I remove them you know and obviously if you remove them instantly you don't have to leave but it's the principle of the fact that you're asking me to look wild and I'm not doing it. Like, like, how am I just having one braid not in there or two braids not in there? For what reason? And um, a couple of teachers that I spoke to said this very same thing, that they find it, black teachers at that, that they find it really problematic the ways in which um, black pupils are over-policed about the way they wear their uniform, about the way they sit in a chair, about the way they do so many different things. And I'm like, how, does the stars that he has on the side of his head... How does that impact his learning? Why is it such a big deal? What does that have to do with anything? But you want to focus on that because actually you don't really want to teach them and you want to keep finding any reason as to why they should not be here. Because as this book is pointing out, we weren't meant to be there. In this country, we weren't meant to be there. So so that all of the time, you will stand out like a sore thumb. I can't say that I relate with it all 100% simply because when I was in um, secondary school, I was on like the gifted and talented program. So I got to actually see so many things that I wouldn't otherwise have seen. Um, but, but then why did that, have, why did you have to be on a program to see those things? Oh. This is only like two of us. But this is it. So you have to be gifted and talented yeah. to be able to see the finer things in life yeah. or see the good things. Why? Why? But then it's okay. It's to be mediocre yeah, and white and see this, everything. This is what I have a problem with. Because like Colette said, I went to Brit school. Once upon a time, I wanted to be an actress. I remember all my birthday cards, my dad used to write, um, happy birthday, Haley Berry, Haley Berry, oh. Haley Berry. Seriously, my, my, my dad used to write that until I went to Brit school. Uh. Right. I would say now, Brit school killed my passion for acting. Don't ever claim me. Don't yeah? ever claim me. No, I'm being honest with you. Don't ever claim me. Yeah, they should never claim me. I swear down. I swear down. When I blow, Brit School should never, ever claim me. You don't know me. you never seen me, ever. You didn't get in. You didn't do the audition. When? Oh, it wasn't you. When? No. With the pink hair. <laughs> uh, no? That wasn't me. And the, and the batty riders, the college. Okay, me. yeah. <laughs> It was her. <laughs> yeah, so 
They killed my passion for acting. And why did they kill my passion? Because they focused on Holly and Alice and the Deborahs and the and the Ades and the Yomis were neglected. We weren't yeah. good enough. And that's the truth. You know? Yeah, I can second that. I remember when my musical theatre, one of my musical theatre teachers said, Kalechi, you're a fantastic actress. A beautiful actress. Mm-hmm. But... In terms of the roles that you'll play in musical theatre, honestly, 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 I've got to say, maybe the best friend, maybe the sidekick, never the main role. There you go. So if a teacher is saying something like that to a student, bearing in mind, we were 17. Okay, we were kids. 17 is, for me, you're still a child. So, and somebody is breathing that into your life. What, What do you expect the outcome to be? So obviously you start believing that and then straight away you just said, you know what, I give up. I'm done with this. And that's exactly what happened, you know. And when you feel like you're not being encouraged, you're not being motivated. Yes, you're supposed to be. Thank God I had parents at home that was pushing me, encouraging me. But then I go to the school to school in the midst of what, 20 other um, children and it's 10 people have been focused on the other 10 are not being looked at. Then you just feel like, do you know what? Maybe that's not a good idea. Yeah. And then you just automatically give up. And yeah, so when you mentioned about the talent and gifted program yeah, yeah. that you were on, why does it have to take that for you? Why do we, why do we have to why, why does it, yeah. as black people to get just half of the things? It's, it's so not sad. Not even half of the things because more time you're not getting half the things. But you have to be exceptional. I say that yeah. because I think in the previous episode I talked about the guy, the French guy, the black guy that scaled the building to save that child. Trust yeah. and believe I'm not so scaling any Spider-Man. building. Yeah, right. you have to be Spider-Man. I'm not Spider-Man, I'm not Batman, I'm not, I'm not Aquaman, I'm not exactly. any of these things. I'm not saving your child to get citizenship, yeah? You yeah. go and save your child. How, your, how no, your child got there in the first okay. place is what you need to be asking yourself, fine Madeline. But you're, you're, there's so many things that you need to be doing that you don't need to be involving me in. But oh, because I now scaled it. So what if I don't have any parkour skills? That's true. I'm no longer a citizen of France. Yeah. Why don't win you the World Cup? I'm no longer a citizen. So why why do I have to do all of the things? I'm I'm not doing anything. Why can't I just be mediocre and have access to the the same things? But I think that the education system and the reason that I'm working on a project in secret at the moment um, is because I feel like the education system in this country needs to change. And even if I can't get to the teachers or we can't get to the teachers, we need to get into the curriculum. And it's about the books that children have access to um, because it makes a major, major difference for them to see themselves as the protagonist in a positive manner and things like that and and actually um, be told of um, history accurately. We're not told about history accurately because you'll tell me about, why do I need to know that Henry VIII had eight wives or, or, or however many wives? Yeah, why do I care? Divorce, behead, I don't know. I don't, why... You, all you're teaching him actually is misogyny. You're teaching me misogyny because he could casually behead his wives and it was not a thing. But, you know, all of those things can be there. But when I ask you to teach me about the history of colonization, tell, tell me about colonization. You don't want to do that. You don't want to teach me about why most of our belongings are in the Brit- British Museum and all of that. Like, you don't want to do that. So... It's we- not only that. It's also like, um, can we learn... Uh, financial planning. Fi- fi- financial can we literacy. Learn, yes. Can we learn uh, emotional thinking? Oh. Self care. Yep. 
And like, I have, um, I'm bougie now. I've got <laughs> some of. You've moved up in the world. I've, I've moved up, <laughs> um, but still a road man at heart. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Uh, but I've got friends uh, with kids that do go to like um, private schools. And the things that I hear are amazing, but I'm like, I don't understand why that's not a regular thing. So one of the things is like, um, I think I'm not going to say his name, but he's like six or seven. It's like when he's having like, any of the kids, sorry, are having like a really bad moment. Like they're taken to, um, what is the room called? It's not the quiet room, it's something else. Isolation. But it's where they go to, it's not even isolation. Sensory. It's sensory, so they, that's it. Oh, it's a sensory Yeah. So they go to the sensory room. I think if it's the same, I think it's the same thing where it's like there's nice furnishings, it's soft, and they practice meditation. Okay. And then they have to explain. So why did you do that? And what? And identify what the feeling is, yeah. and what? And think about it and discuss it, rather than like go into the corner, and that's it. You're just but like that's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just ridiculous, and I don't. It's. I think. I'll tell you a story quickly. When I was, I can't remember what age I was, and I'll phrase it like this, I was asked to leave a school. <laughs> I was asked to leave the school, nicely. I was asked to leave a school. Uh, no, this dickhead Darren Cherry tried to tell me about... <laughs> he tried to tell me about my mum, and I was like... So the twins... Did you ever used to have, you know, the electric circuit where you build it and put on the yeah, light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I made the twins hold him down and then I took the pliers <laughs> and I put them across his braces. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All Deborah got from that was the crocodile clip. She was like, oh yeah, the crocodile clip. I was like, no, 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 torture, torture. <laughs> yeah, but whose mum are you talking about? Not mine. Not mine. Um, so I had to leave. <laughs> Fine. I mean, I can see, I can see how I that. See one why? <laughs> but I got into, I got into another school, um, which was in Purley. Um, and my mum was like, "Have listen, just fix up, behave." But when I got there, that school was like, so the school I came from had been predominantly uh, brown, and. Um, to be honest, it wasn't about racing at school. It was either like everyone was poor, so therefore whatever was safe. In the new school now, like I was like a minority and everyone was rich. Like people had outhouses, swimming pools. Um, I was in Purley. And um, that, I think for me, was the first time I really realized, yeah, and like what my mum had been trying to like there is a different world out there from what you're from. And I could see it. Like, just these kids are like, just like, they just, they have time to enjoy the work. They're not worried about their mother's bills. They're not worried about, I have to get back and watch my brother because so-and-so had to. They all had fathers. Mm. Um, Do you know what I mean? Like, proper households. Like, they had, they were allowed to be children. Like, I'm like, most some of you probably know I talk about working in McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I was in McDonald's when I just about turned fifteen. I was meant to be working in McDonald's, uh, I think legally at sixteen. Yeah, yeah. But I changed. I not just me. My answer G helped me. But I ch- <laughs> implicating wonderful. wonderful. We changed my birth certificate because I was just like. <laughs> but I like Say your mind. <laughs> 
But I had to. I had to because it was like we needed money in the household. I've already told you, like, my dad's a waste man, so therefore I have to do what I have to do to support my mum. And I've seen what happened to... I'm not... Uh, yeah, I won't do that. I'm not a snitch. But I've seen what had happened to certain people in my family and whatnot by moving food and moving weight. So I was like, I could do that easily. Inherit the family business, imagine. I could do that easily. But no, do you know what? Let me actually... Rah, let me just change the birth certificate and go and work in this McDonald's at a younger age. And it was, it was a ridiculousness. Like, But I think what's interesting about that is that look at the options... Look exactly. at the options that were available, do you get me? And so the lesser option, even if we're like, rah, it's still a better one than the other option. And I just sometimes wonder what I would have been like if I had a childhood, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like if you, you weren't I didn't mean to up. Mike like that, sorry, but yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. If I had the space to be a child and I wasn't mothering myself, my brothers and my mother, what how differently would I have turned out? Like, what would my life look like? I mean, I'm not there dwelling because I feel like my life's pretty lit now, but that's a lot of work that I had to put in. And it's a, it's a lot of work. And I just wonder for a lot of us, what would life have been like if we'd just been allowed to be children? And to add to that, um, I was going to say that a lot of the problems that these children have is from home. You know, we... Kids don't know anything. You know, kids um, what's that? What develop into who they are from their home life. And as much as we say, yes, you know, the teacher doesn't care about the student or anything. Yeah, but you know what? The, the teacher does not care about the student because the parents don't care about the student. And I say that because if you are a mother or a parent and you're literally, you take time out for your kids... Obviously, don't get me wrong, you have the teachers that are just bastards. Of course, we know that. But then, if, if, you're, if you're coming home and you're not even saying, um, Alicia, how was school today? What did you learn? What did you do? Or this parents' evening. Parents are not even going to parents' evening. I can count how many times my mom came to my parents' evening. I turned that the way I turned that by the grace of God, to be honest. You know, thanks mom and dad, but you know, it's all God. Because yeah. like Casey, I was, um, I'm the eldest and a lot of the things I do, I've had to be a mum, I've had to be a father, I've had to be a sister. I'm even, I'm even everything, I'm mum and dad right now as, as I speak. But and when I see the kids at my school, it makes me sad to know that I'm 32 years old and I'm still seeing a 16 year old going through what I went through how many years ago. Yeah. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute. Your mom's probably like maybe 40 or in her 30s. And why is she allowed, why is this happening to you now? Why isn't, why hasn't she learned from her, 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 her time, her experience growing up? You know, I remember one of my students, she comes to school and she goes, oh, miss, I have to get home early. Or miss, I didn't go to sleep early. Or miss, I have to cook dinner. And I'm thinking, what dinner are you cooking? There's six yeah. kids in your house. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it all boils down to the home life as well. But it boils down to home life, but then it comes out of home life again because yeah. I feel like when we place, I definitely think that parents are responsible for their children, but yes. at the same time, we can't ignore institutional and system- no, 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 systemic, um, systematic and systemic racism. No, you, you because can't, the fact you, of the matter is, like, we got out, we got out, yeah? yeah. Well, we, we feel like we're out, yeah? I'm out. But, 
all right. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, and, but then yeah. you keep saying, we say by the grace of God. But yeah. the thing is, some people, we're still, even as out as we feel we are, we're still part of a system. There are still things that we don't have enough social mobility to actualize and manifest. That's correct. And so there are some students that, who, you know, some people who are our peers yeah. and maybe a bit older who are still within the system that, yes. and still don't have the things that we have. You had other talents, mm-hmm. yeah? And I'm not saying that they don't either, but life works so differently for each person. And like, I think I look at institutional and um, systemic racism, I look at it as if it's a game sometimes. Like if, if you imagine a video game and some of us are able to get things and tools along our way that helps us to move to another level. But if you don't manage to figure out the spaces in which, you know, like where there's a coin there or a coin there, if you yeah. don't manage to find where those things are, you're stuck at the same level. Yes, you are. But what I'm trying to get at is if, you're, if, you're, if your teacher's behave in a certain way towards you, yes, it's, it's, it's the racism is institution. Institutional. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But if your mom, your parent, sorry, I'm going to keep saying mom because that's what I'm just saying. If your mom goes to the school and challenges a teacher, then that also helps. How much does it help when, because a lot of black mums I know that do go to schools and do speak out about these things, they'll have parents, um, and they'll have teachers meetings and they say that that parent's angry, aggressive, and then now, now, yes, and they flip it up on a child. No, but not all the time, not all the time, Casey, because I've been to parents evening. um, A lady that does my, um, that did my lashes, um, she said to me that um, her son is at school and he was, his table was shaking. So, because the table is shaking, he took his um, notebook and placed it on his lap and was writing on his lap because the table was shaking and he wanted to get his work done. So as to make sure that he never misses anything that's said, he records also, he records the conversation because he's got a learning difference. So he also records the conversation or records Mm -hmm. the lesson. The teacher wasn't aware of this. Anyway, he's writing on his lap now and the teacher comes over and he's like instantly, put your book on the table. Put your book on the table. And he's like, sir. And he's mumbling because obviously you can okay. hear it in the recording. He's like, sir, I can't. Like the table's shaking and I can't do the work. Put your book. I'm not going to tell you again. Put your book in the table. And he's like, sir, if I put it on the table, I'm not going to be. Right. That's it. Get out. Get out. Mm-hmm. Go to the head teacher. Go to the head teacher. So he picks up his bits and leaves. The head teacher sends him back later. All of this is still in one recording. And I really hope that she puts it out soon because I'm ready to put flames on that teacher. Um, <laughs> The worst part is that all of this is still being recorded. The, um, the boy comes back to the room and he says to the teacher, um, yeah, I've been told by the head teacher to come back. And he's like, do you have anything to say for yourself? It's like, like, like I said, I was just trying to do my work. It's like, well, if you told me that your table was shaking, then but it's in the recording. You can hear him saying in the recording, the table's shaking. If you told me your table was shaking, I'm not an unreasonable person. I would have found a way to stop the table shaking. But instead... You decided to bark at me. He said, and if you, honestly, the boy was speaking at this level the whole time in the video recording, but you can hear the guy clearly. And also remember that the um, phone, the dictaphone is in his pocket. So obviously I should hear the boy louder than I hear the man. But all I'm hearing is this, like the whole time that the boy's talking, he's like, that my table's shaking. I can't do the work. You can hear the, the teacher with all of the vim. And he said, oh, you were, shout, you were shouting and you were barking at me so aggressively. That's why I had to ask you to leave the room because you were disrupting the class. The teacher still doesn't know that the recording exists. So I said to the mom, (laughs) I said to the mom, I said to her, email the school 
and ask for an account of what happened from the teacher. Get it in writing. Get it in writing. Let him use all of those words and then drop the... Ask him for the words. But what's wild is that she, she was so upset. And you know why she was upset? She said, because every time he comes home and he tells me that a teacher did this and a teacher did that, I say to him, but what did you do? And I feel like shit because it's like I'm gaslighting my son. And every time he tells me, I'm instantly trying to be the good parent and find out what it is that he's done before going to the school and doing whatever. And she says, I've even tried to cultivate a relationship with the teachers. I tell them to email me if there's any issue so I can sort it. Mm -hmm. So the reason I'm telling you that is that even though there's this mum who's actively trying to create a rapport with the school system so that she can better serve her son, Mm -hmm. there's still a teacher there that's gaslighting the son saying, but you bought what you bought. So what if he didn't have the recording? His mum won't take his word for it. So I hope I hope that she I will let you know you'll obviously see on my Insta stories the moment she puts that recording out because she obviously the the teacher did right and he said yeah you know I appreciate the fact that you're always reaching out to me it's really really disappointing because on this day I told your son to put his book on the table and he didn't want to listen and he started barking at me and he wrote all of that down so I'm just like hey you have killed yourself hey you know you know what the other thing is though like I understand what you're saying and I agree but also um, disagree because of what you said. I think um, parents are still people themselves and they're still unlearning the things that they're trying to unlearn and the systems that they have come out of. For the longest time, I thought personally when my kids do arrive, yeah, it's cool, I'm going to beat my kids and they're going to get bitch licks if they're rude. (laughs) Now I'm at a space where actually like me like coursing up my kids like that for me like isn't really going to be the one it isn't going to work it's like that the other thing that I want to say is I think there are a lot of people in these positions who are there for the money it sounds like you're there because you care about the kids and you care about what's going to happen to those kids you take it personally you feel that shit in your soul my man who was shouting at your brethren's kid like doesn't care like and most most times yeah they're not from london a lot no. of these teachers oh, aren't from Hastings. london right they come from off ends and they come and work in because the, they because they watch like i don't know dangerous no, minds or whatever they, wa- they watch that film and they're like high yes, school I'm high go save the inner city high children high. yeah and then they come <laughs> and then they and then they're dealing with the very human complexities that's not a hollywood film they're dealing with the human complexities of these children and i work this is too much too much blackity black for me no, but what I'm trying no. <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at is yeah. parents need to be more involved mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to get at of course the system's going to always be the system yeah. but us parents if we're not involved the more they will take the mick yeah. right that's all I'm trying to say yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you're a parent and you're not getting involved in your children's education trust me it can only go one way because because the teachers and the systems will carry on taking the piss out of your children. I've got a 17-year-old sister now. And I remember I became the parent for her. Because whenever she gets in trouble in school and the teacher calls and speaks to my mum, my mum will shout at her. Da, 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 da. So I took over. So when the teacher calls, I always question the teacher. What was the reason why she did that? What did you do? I question the teachers because I remember when I was in school and the teachers were trying to take the piss. Every little thing, get out, get out. Like, ow, is, what, That's you know. 
That's what well, what's the big deal? Yeah. So it's important that us parents, and I will continue to say this, it's important that us parents, well, I'm not a parent <laughs> yet, mm-hmm. but it's important that parents do get involved in, in their children's education. Because yeah. if you don't, th- th- honestly, because if you don't, the more the, the system will take the piss. And like Kevin said, you had your mum who was able to help you with your maths. Yeah. So yeah. some kids don't have that. And some of the kids, I didn't, but again... I did I, all my work for myself. Yeah, but, that's, my, but this is... But, yeah, but this is what... I, but wish, not, I wish that parents, my mum was more was involved. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and this is what I'm saying that how many years later, I left school in, 19, in 2003. I left secondary school. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. And to know that it's now 2018 and I've got kids that their parents are not involved in their education and couldn't care less. If there's a parent's evening, oh, call that person's mum. Oh, she's not interested. That's what you hear. She's not interested. She's not interested. Oh, your daughter, your daughter is, sometimes I call parents and say, oh, school starts at nine, by the way. It's nine o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Um, hi, it's Deborah. Da, da, da. What, this person has not arrived in school yet. Oh yeah, she left home five minutes ago. Like, that's what... But can I... I get what you're saying, yeah. but I just have to say on yeah. the other side of it, with all respect, like... Yes. For me, personally, I feel like the black community only yeah. just learned the word self-care yeah. not but two minutes ago mm-hmm. or what depression is yeah. Yeah. and all of those things. And I think some of the... I look back at, like... My mum's a human, in it? So there were times where we've all had problems with our parents and they're mm. acting a certain way. When I look back, I was like, you know what? You were, you were depressed you in were that depressed, moment, yeah. you know? You were depressed and that's why you reacted like well, that. for five years. Uh? It could be for forever. It could be for it's, it's no, a long time. No, what I'm saying is, it's your education. Like, it's your kid's education. But that, the depression isn't out here going, you know what? Don't be depressed today. Get out of bed today because yes. you need to look after your child. Like, I look at, as much as I say, like, you know what? I appreciate my mum. Um, yeah. um, I... I would have liked for my mum to be more involved in the things that I was doing. At yeah. the same time, like Kevin, I, I remember, look I look back that, and I was just yeah. like, she wasn't emotionally equipped at that time to give me the assistance. She, and it wasn't on purpose. It wasn't her fault. No, 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 it won't be her fault and it's not on purpose. And obviously we shouldn't even have to sit here to have this discussion yeah. over a system that should cater to everybody, yeah. irrespective of their race or age or anything, yeah. right? But if we know and understand that we have a system that does divide race and age and all of that, then it's up to us to do that little bit more. Yes? Okay. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that as parents we can't be depressed or we can't have our things going on. Because at the end of the day, I remember we lived in a two-bedroom house with five children. You know, my mama had to go to work. I had to be mum, dad, everything. Again, I'm going to say, thank God, yeah. you know, I am where I am. But again... In this day and age, now that you and I have been able to, to know and understand the way the system is, because my mum is an immigrant. Well, yeah, she's an immigrant. So she, she wouldn't understand the system. Yeah. All she's seen is, do your work, do your work. You have an opportunity. You have an opportunity yeah. to be the best that you can be, better than me. Because that's all they focused about. They're not understanding the way the system is. Mum, do you realise Miss told me to get out of the class because I was just whispering to my friend that was right next to me. You know, they don't, they don't yeah. get that. But us, 
in this generation that we understand that, then we need to do more to support our kids. You know, yes, yeah. I'm not saying that you can't be depressed or you can't go through things, but I know now, being in the education system myself and having gone through it, I know the way I want to raise my kids and the support I want to give my kids. At the end of the day, I've made the choice to bring the kids into this world, right? So it's now down to me to make sure my kids get the best opportunity and the way I need to do that, yes, whether I'm going through my own, sometimes... It's just that, okay, you're going through your own, you're going through your own, but the bills need to be paid. Are you going to tell your employer, I'm not going to work, I'm not coming to work anymore because I'm in this, you know, this, I'm going through something in this stage of my life. And the way you can get up and go to work to pay your bills is the same way you can get up and help your children through the system that we understand and help them be better than they could ever be with your support. That's all I'm saying. You know, we've already accepted that the system is the way it is. No, it's true, because sorry, this topic here gets to me so much. Sorry, I'm just in my seat. <laughs> no, it gets to... This is why I asked her on. No, because we've already accepted and we understand the system is the way it is. So while we're sitting back and saying, yeah, let the teacher do it, the teacher's this, the teacher's that, the system's that. But you as a parent, if you're not ready to get up and support your child, sorry, your children is just going to end up the way you did not want your child to end up. I see I feel like it's a very complex thing you know and this is why I said that at this point um, we'll open it out to you just to cover this bit statements nice and concise Um, we've got a roving mic Maria could you grab the mic yeah cool so we'll take um, just based on this discussion, that hand flew up over there on the... Ah, uh, was there another hand? And then yesterday here as well. Uh, so, yeah, so four questions. Let's go start with yesterday because she's right in front of you. Start there. All right. Hi. Uh, hi, guys. Um, yeah. I want to uh, touch on both. I completely get what you're saying. Um, I came to this country when I was 15 years old. I was born here and we're back to Nigeria. So I have a Niger... Uh, which we call it, uh, education. My mom was also born here as well. She also went to private school. So when we came to uh, England, the mentality I had was fast, fast. I need to read. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I'm, I know what you're saying because I remember I had a teacher. His name was Mr. Young. I would ask questions. I would question him when he was saying, doing the maths. And I'm like, you're doing it wrong. That's not how it was done. And mom would look at me, who is this child? Mm-hmm. And I would question his techniques because I felt this is not how I was taught back in Nigeria can you explain how you're doing it and he would like shush me like what do you know he was understanding exactly not even I don't even think he was understanding this is what my my take on it is the educational system or the system in the UK when they see black children they just think what are you going to amount to let me you don't need it Mm -hmm. that's why they're not going to stress themselves Mm -hmm. to give you that extra help, that mm-hmm. extra attention. So you as a person, you're thinking, oh, I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. I, you have to end, end, end yourself. You're working harder. Mm-hmm. That's one side. Yeah. Now, the other side, I'm going to come to you again regarding the... I'm a parent. Mm-hmm. I had my children late. Um, I have a six and a seven-year-old. Now, I remember my mom was a single mom. And when I came here, she used to work three jobs. The woman had a cleaning job in the morning. She had her main job in the evening. She had four. Cleaning job in the morning, 
main job in the afternoon, in the afternoon, evening uh, cleaning job. Then on Saturday, Sunday, she used to do boots. Sunday, that woman would drag me and my brother to uh, the library. And my brother, God, God help him. He was one of those boys that was school to school to school. I don't even know how that boy ended up being a pilot today. But my mom, she, she did everything. And there was no school that he did not get. Oh, he, he can't apply himself. Oh, he's not doing this. Me, I don't know. Maybe I was one of those straight and narrow girls. I just wanted to pass. I just wanted to show off to my mom that I could do it. And I get what you're saying about parents. Let's be frank. As a parent, we need to take responsibility. Number one, let's let you know. My children, they're going to school. They're being educated. But me, my education starts at home. If you're not doing well, let let me know. I always tell the teachers, Mm -hmm. if she has an issue, call me. Uh, One of my children has autism. She's one of those autistic children where... She is exceptionally brainy, mm. but it's social skills. Mm. So I'm always in their face. Mm. They know my name. I, you know, I'm always emailing. If you like, don't answer. That's your own business. But where I'm going, it's true. I will. I mean, she's had issues in class with school. Me, I didn't want to do angry black woman. As Kelechi says, I wasn't moving mad. I was moving very, I was moving very posh because the area I live. So I'll go there with my RP. Hello, oh, my hello. Darling. hello, darling. Hi. Oh, yes, um, so, no, say so they know you're educated yeah. as well. So you know, they know oh. that you're educated, you know, because that's how they, you know, they categorize. Girl, I know how to, you know, how to act. I, I can act black if I need to. Exactly. But I can act, hello, darling. Hi. Um, it's Nana's mom. Yes, I have an appointment. Of course, darling. I'll be there as soon as I can. Oh, you said what? Oh, my God, there's been a problem. Really? Oh, my. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Nene, I go home. I talk to my children. Oh, you don't worry. But the day bitch that Nigerian woman had to come out, I said, excuse me, why not? Please. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you know, so I have to take responsibility. Um, there's a saying back home that I, I don't I know the saying, but it's, it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah, yeah. And you can't believe in those teachers because at the end of the day, when you are doing the chuku 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 chuku, they were not there with you. <laughs> So there's only let's be frank. There's only so much energy that will help your children. But you, as a parent, we need to be responsible. But another thing is this: as parents, when we come to this country, our parents came. Yeah. I mean, like I said, my grandparents came in 1947. My mom was one of those privileged Nigerian people that came here. They, they went to boarding school, all these things. But unfortunately, um, she also was a single mom, so she had to work. But what she did, are you turning the mic down? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. What I'm saying there, hey, thank you very much. God bless you. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, I, one thing is I get what you're coming from with parents taking hold of our responsibility. But Kalesha, I get what you're saying about that. I've seen my brother, how that boy from college to college, I will go there. Uh, he's not applying himself. And I'm like, and I'll be asking Tunde, what's going on? Oh, they didn't mark my paper right now. Look at his work. I'm thinking, I mean, I could get why he was in the class. And maybe the, you know, the way that they were not helping him. Every time he tried to ask a question, they would dismiss the boy. It was from college. I mean, I, I, I became like, because my mom was fed up. She said, you're turning, you know, so I was, okay, I'll go with him. I'm only four years older than my brother, but yeah. me too, I'll follow. We, there's no school I did not go to. Westminster College, Kingswick College, everything. Because I was trying to find the reasons why this boy was failing mm-hmm. in class. But then it stems to the fact that some of these cheetahs do not give a shit because yeah, yeah. it's not there. So the system has been set up, as you say, on your side, where if you're a black boy, especially our black boys, I don't especially know how, God bless all our black brothers, yeah. 
they are, they're looking at you like, okay, ragamuffin, what are you going to do with your life? Yeah, What's, yeah. you know, put him to one side because they think a tall black boy, Yakukuma going to be a drug dealer, whatever. But there's so much in our brains. There's so much um, there. So you've got that on that side. You've got the family situation. You've got situations where parents are working so many jobs. Yeah. They want to give the best to their sons, but they think I've got to pay bills. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking, okay, like my mom having to do four jobs, putting us through private schools or whatever, or having that extra lesson. But on the other side, you've also got the school telling your, you your, your son is failing, your son is failing, but what are you as a, as a teacher doing? Some of these teachers don't care. They're only there to like tick the box and, and go home. And it's true. And do their thing. So, so it, that for me, I, am on, I get where you're coming from as a 43-year-old woman with whatever. I get where you're coming from as a parent. I need to take my responsibility. If I want first class, find that time to go to the school and make it work. You cannot leave the responsibility on the child. On the other hand, yes, bring your whip and talk to the teacher. My children is not doing well. Let me know. You, you, you do realize the more the more attention you the teacher sees that you're showing no the more interestory mm-hmm. you are showing into your children's education with and the teachers are seeing that mm-hmm. they will pay more attention they will pay attention to your children Hun, you girlfriend, know girlfriend i got like, like no but no, they no, do no, 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 like, they do okay always it may not be always but they do they do i'm going to give you the mic it may not be always i'll give you the mic it may not be always but they do. Fast, fast. Yeah, it's I've not all schools. It's not all schools, but they do. I get where you're coming from. Hundred percent. Have I finished? Okay, move on. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Esme. Let's go. I told you guys. Shop, 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 shop. So I just want to bring two points because you had mentioned about your um, friend's child yes. had an issue with the teacher. So I'll give you a joke. I work and live outside London. Yeah. Uh, in a team meeting colleague, white colleague, so yeah, I'm the only black person in my team, yeah. gets called out of the room, phone call from her teacher and I know my colleague quite well, she talks highly of her daughter, how you know, she's a single mum, etc etc, so she comes back into the meeting, flustered and well vexed and says, look, I've got to leave the meeting early, so we got to the lunch break and I said, oh, Lisa, what happened? Why are you upset? So the school rang me, my daughter's misbehaved they had a um, what is it? Substitute art teacher, and she's turned around and said so she has Tourette's, and that was the reason why she felt she could swear at the teacher in class. But you see how the school rang her mother, yeah. didn't kick her out. Because yeah. I know her daughter does, I don't know her, met her daughter, but yeah. how she's spoken about her, what she's predicted yeah. at um, GCSE. GCSE, obviously yeah. hormones, everything kicking in. And my girl went and told the two teachers she had Tourette's. And wow. she ain't kicked out of wow. class. She didn't wow. get kicked out. All she got was Long tension. Yeah. And all I know is she had to leave this she had to leave work early from where we were yeah. to sort out the situation. Now, if that was a black child, that out. wouldn't even Correct. be detention. That would be bye. Calling you from home to say I'm, I'm so, home now. I'm you home. can see the difference. When you say yeah. that, you can see the difference. To me, my story is a bit different, and I agree with Deborah. So my dad was a house husband, yeah. yeah. So first black man in walking around with three black girls, as you can imagine. Um, I suppose when I was at going through it, it's only getting older, I've realised how much racism. Mm-hmm. So, I know that you have to show active interest, because if 
if the teacher said breathe to the right and I was going to the left, trust me, my parents knew. Yeah. And also, my dad parents are from Jamaica, so my dad had a certain level of education and was correcting some of these substandard teachers that you do get in the local comprehensive. So sometimes they weren't feeling, they didn't want to mess about with me because they knew that my dad's parents were on the case and you have to show that because now in 2008 you have no excuse, you've got internet, you've got everything. Now that areas are getting, you finding justification you will find with white middle class parents is that if anything happens, they've got their lawyer friend, yes. everybody get involved, they know where to get access to certain things. So even if their children misbehave or the teacher doesn't do something properly, mm-hmm. they've got a network of people because exactly. my sister works in education exactly. and when it comes to school places and you want to challenge something, they come with their lawyer friend to sit in yeah. and hear what the teacher says. So they're not going to misbehave because yeah. they know that's, that's going to the next level. Yes. Yeah. They're they, they're on, they go out and they do the school governor. But again, because we have to work twice as hard yeah. doing the free jobs and whatever, we just don't have sometimes the capacity to be doing those up extra bits, which is on the PDA, showing your face, yeah. Yeah. showing that this is but then this is that's basically where I was driving to the fact that because of institutional and systemic racism and things like that, we don't have the space. We 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 we're carving the space now because I know that there are parents that are doing that. We're carving the space now to be more involved in the school system. But prior to that, we didn't have that space. Yeah, but we also so didn't have the internet and seen other parents. So nobody was seeing what my dad was doing unless yeah. you on unless you lived exactly. in my local area. Because right. even now I'm a grown woman and I come back to my ends, which is Hackney. People are like, oh, how are you? I don't see you. Where's your dad? Where's this? Because people know that I was the child that used to see with the parents. If you didn't see me misbehaving on the street, trust me, somebody will be at my door knocking, going, I didn't see Sawyer do this, you know. She was misbehaving on the road because it's where you carry yourself and the way you know. Yeah, but not community. But it's also how you carry yourself. I didn't understand as a child, my dad had a brand. My dad was the man that was slick with his Burberry scarf, with his matching kids, matching Burberry scarf, with his Kangol hat. Yeah. You knew who my dad was. Mm. So I couldn't go around on the road messing about, no matter what colour the parent was, yeah, yeah. everybody knew. So it's about how you carry yourself. And in 2008, with social media... 2018? Oh, sorry. That's there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back. Well, then you know how old I going am. Going back. <laughs> going back. You didn't have that. So... There isn't much excuse. You can galvanise support from people yeah. that don't need to come from your network or community if you're having an issue because yeah. people are readily sharing that information. All right, so we're going to have um, four more questions. Someone's hand just came up at the last minute there, so no. So one, two, three, um, four over there. So just on that side, Maria. There, just go further down. All right, I'm going to time you. So you've literally got... I'm not going to be, be fast because otherwise I'll just go... <laughs> and just cut you no, out. No, no, I'm not going to be go, long at all. Um, it's just, I'm a secondary English teacher. Yes. Um, and um, I work in a white majority school in Hertfordshire. Yes. Um, and actually there's like just a, a, a very small group of black students actually in that school. And as a black teacher myself, mm-hmm. um, and I've worked there for quite a few years now actually, 
over the years, I've had so many conversations with successive head teachers about the lack of diversity um, in the curriculum, in the way that our teachers are educated about children and how they treat them. Um, and I actually wrote my master's dissertation about diversity in the curriculum. So I don't know what you're working on, but if you want help, holler at me. Um, I'm happy to I'm happy to help you in any way I can because I, I am really passionate about that idea. And so I guess my question to you, all of you, but especially Deborah is um, in terms of dismantling the system, because we're going to have to if we want anything to change, parents can do what parents can do, but the system is fundamentally broken. And so I was wondering if you would agree that it's, I guess it's two-pronged, it has to be a change in how um, our curriculum is taught, so across all subjects, history, English, all of them, uh, but also um, a change in maybe how teachers are trained. And there needs to be an element of cultural training for us yep, as yep. well to make teachers understand yes. that diversity. Just which that was. I didn't do that to you, by the way. But yeah, that, that, that was that <laughs> was So um, what are your suggestions for how we dismantle the system? But those were great suggestions. And, that, and basically, that's what I'm trying to say here. Like, for us to do this, we have to dismantle the curriculum because the parents, like you said, can do as much as parents can do, even if they can't do as much as we would hope. But the in the problem, the fundamental problem is the school system itself. That's what's broken because that is built on the basis of racism simple the uh, the way we're taught we're taught in a very racist way the maps that we were being taught with for the longest time were not even accurate so 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 if you look at those kind of things and what it feeds into us about how we take on our identities that's the part so if you had any suggestions for how we would dismantle the system well i clearly don't know how we're going to dismantle the system okay, okay. however i'll still stand on the system that we have now mm -hmm. and what we can do to support our kids that are using that system right now, which is, sorry, pardon, by taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's all it is from, you know, that's, the, my, that's my, my view, right? Yeah. That, that's my point right now. Yeah. You know, of course, the, for the system to, to be dismantled, you know, it's not going to be dismantled until like 3010 or yeah, something yeah, yeah. because. No, uh, wait, that's no, no, <laughs> no. Okay. Go on. No. No. Go no. On. no. I, one thing I will say in response to that question is I feel like, I feel like most of you have jobs uh, and you're a minority in your job. Yeah. And yes. you all need to maneuver those spaces to get what you want yeah. and we all know how to do that and I think that is the same way that we have to deal with this government mm -hmm. so when we talk about voting and we talk about we need to understand who's in office who's doing what who represents uh, the areas that you live in um, showing up to those town meetings like using your vote and being involved um, that's how I think we begin to there's loads of these these people that are in government are just getting paid bare money shout and they're not Teresa. being challenged huh? shout out Teresa yeah and they're not being challenged and it's like it's not it's cool that we tweet and we do all of that shit but that shit isn't a vote it doesn't mean anything it yeah. disappears the next day when I say that I mean before we can actually see results of course those are the processes that we need to take but before we can see results personally I believe it's not going to be till three thousand, you know, three thousand and ten. That that's how I that's how I feel because you, um, currently, you know, for women to be in high positions now, it's taken how many years? You know, let's be realistic with these things. I'm not saying you know things can't happen or you know I'm not 
I'm not saying that you know our votes or our voices doesn't matter or it's not it's not effective or anything. Of course it is. But what I'm just simply trying to say is with the system that we have now, these are the things we need to do as parents, you know, that are in the system right now and and obviously take um and then do the things that we need to do to make sure the next generation, you know, it, the system works better for them. I hear that. I, um, think... I can see Keisha, right? Is that Keisha? No. Who? Go on. I speak really fast. Go on. Um, firstly, Kalechi, thanks so much for doing the podcast. Um, Thank you. It's been amazing. Um, one of the things, so I'm a lawyer, and one of the things I do is represent kids who have been excluded from school. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the um, people we've had have been black boys who have been excluded from school. Yeah. So one of the questions you were asking at the beginning was about the rates of exclusion of black boys. Yes. Yeah. One of the headline statistics is that a black Caribbean boy with special educational needs is 168 times. Wow. Hold on, more likely to be permanently excluded than a than a, a female white student without special educational needs. Wow. Yeah, because they can stab their boyfriend. And that's, <laughs> and that's... And that's obviously not even counting separately for the disproportionate rates of exclusion amongst yeah. Caribbean pupils. I just wanted to give one example of, of a, some, a, a situation I heard of, because yeah. it answers the idea about that there's a fundamental problem with parental responsibility and I, I really don't think that that's the that's obviously part of a very complex problem yes, yeah, but it yeah. but it's not it's not what I've seen as fundamental exactly. I had I know I know of I know of a boy I know of I know of someone who was excluded from school because they were it was a very very low level incident involving the police that the school only found out about because the parent told the school and the parent told the school because they wanted help and that person was permanently excluded. You know, so that's an insight into a system that, that really just, um, it, it doesn't work. Um, yeah. And just, just very lastly, it's not just about institutional racism, which is a reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The system is also economic injustice. Yes. And things like wage disparity. So when you have parents working four zero-hour contract jobs to pay the bills, of course they're, the children are going to suffer for a lack of support at home, because the parents either can't be there, or by the time they've got home, they are so tired. Yeah, yeah. And that's not to absolve parental responsibility, but we have to remember the system and the, the depth yes. and the breadth of the system. Yes. Love you. Love you. Can I just... Thank you so much. That's everything. That's exactly it. Like with the stats, with the receipts. Yes, my G. Um, so um, Kevin wants to jump in on that, but we're going to take um, these two, three questions here, like diagonally. So there's a person right by you, um, Maria. Hi. Hi. Um, so I'm a teacher myself as well. Mm. I teach geography at a comprehensive school in Lambeth, so yep. fairly local. Grew up in Croydon as well. Like Kevin, at, for part of my education, went to a school in Purley. Mm. So. I've been to a variety of different schools in my time. What school in Purley? Um, I don't want to say because I also worked there for a couple of years as well. So, okay, okay. <laughs> but I begin I, with, does it begin with R? Yes. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh hey. Yeah. Look at yourself. I keep secret. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so um, I love my job. Mm. I've moved to work in Lambeth because 
I'm quite passionate about the idea of actually trying to teach a demographic that looks like me yeah. and be a, a role model for them. Mm. And luckily, I'm in a position in my job where teaching geography, I actually get to kind of mould the curriculum fully for students in year seven, eight, and nine. Oh, yeah. So I've made sure that we study Africa and we look at the continent from a positive perspective. I've made sure when we talk about development and why lots That's of poor countries are poor, oh, we look at colonialism. Yeah. We, my children know that. They know it well. Um, however, there's just so many constraints within the curriculum because, unfortunately, when it comes to GCSE, we've got to teach them this, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. And actually, we just don't have the time, unfortunately, to talk, I would love to talk about colonialism so much more, but we just yeah. don't have the time. So that's one issue which I know already someone else has touched on. Um, another issue that I'm finding within my profession is actually there's so many young black kids in particular that I'm teaching mm-hmm. who, before they even get to secondary school, have taken on this idea that actually I'm, I'm naughty, I'm bad, and yeah, they really take exactly. it on. Yeah. And what I was kind of wanting to ask is, is there any suggestions or tips of how we can try and unteach students these things that they've already been dealt with maybe at primary school or elsewhere in their lives because I'm trying my best to be positive with them to tell them that we can make mistakes and we learn from them but sometimes they're just not listening and it's just really sad so I was wondering if there's any advice on that yeah no we're going to come back to that thank you that's another question and then someone up here there you go with the hands up yeah okay hiya um, hi Hi. Okay, so I'm a science, a secondary school science teacher as well. What? Um, <laughs> 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 um, and I guess what I wanted to say was because um, I feel like there's been kind of a bit of blame placed on teachers being just really crap, and I get that that's a very fair statement because some teachers just don't care about the kids. Mm. But I think for myself, I went to really, really bad secondary school in Hackney. So I mm. think going into teaching, a huge part of my kind of motivation going in was to do something about education inequality because I went to a really good university and I just feel like I might as well use my knowledge to help people like me with similar backgrounds to me. But I think within the classroom, I think it's very unfair because sometimes teachers don't have the capacity to help students yes. as much as we'd want to. But so then for- I think that you're taking into a case of not all teachers and that's not what we're saying here. With all due respect, the, especially with the excerpt that I read out, it's a very it's, it's, it's a very specific thing because like we said and Kevin said as well, there are teachers who are out there, they're doing it. Even with Deborah, there are teachers out there that are doing it because they love it and we understand that there isn't the p- capacity um, that some of you would like to do the work that you want to do. What I'm addressing is the inherent biases that mean that black boys, because it's been happening black children black um, students throughout history because this wasn't written um, last week wasn't written in 2008 like we kept hearing it there but it, it definitely wasn't written um, anytime recently yet the same behaviours are still pervasive in our society so it's definitely not a blame in fact I hold teachers in high esteem for what they do because it's a lot to give yourself to teaching it's, a, it's exhausting it's a lot to do but it has to obviously be done right and there are teachers that aren't doing it right and therefore they are the ones that are upholding the school to prison pipeline because they're expelling and permanently excluding um, young black boys especially at a disproportionate rate which means that they believe that they're not meant to be in the school system so they go and do other things and then they end up in prison because the judicial system get, like, harshly sentences them disproportionately to white criminals so so my whole thing is that it's a cycle. It's the teachers are there, and I believe that teachers, there are teachers that are doing a great job, but there are teachers who are part of the reason that this is happening because of their inherent bias. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> last question here, or last statement here. 
my daughter next to me, and I find it very sad. I, I left school in 78. It's a long time ago. Yeah? yeah. I was like three, only three black girls in my whole school. Wow. I, I'm not a teacher, but I did accounts. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm one of those teachers, those family members who had very good support on both sides. My parents come from Jamaica and Cuba. My daughter, we made sure she had extra school lessons, everything. We was there. So we, we were one of those teachers. We were there as one of those parents who, um, if the, I didn't go up to the school a lot because we were working, we had a mortgage, but my, par- my, my parents went yeah. and his parents went. Mm. Yeah. So there was already somebody, they didn't even know me until she was like 11. She was like, hello, Mrs. So-and-so. Yeah, because they were really involved. But one thing I would have to say I find is very sad that you are having the same issues we had. That's yeah? it. That's the, I that's am in my it. 50s and I find it very sad and very yeah. upsetting. Yeah? Um, that you're having the same issues. We were around with the black boys that were sus. Yeah. They were giving them a criminal record from when they were very young. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Um, all through my working life and college and everything, I was the only per se black person. Yeah. Yeah. I even had a guy said to me one day, he, I was speaking to him for years, and then one day he came down and he was like, whoa. He thought I was an English person, yeah. yeah? yeah. Um, but I just find it very sad that you're having the same issues which we had, yeah. and I left school in '78. Exactly. Yeah, that's very sad. But what I have to say about that lawyer guy at the back, every single thing he says is true. It's the economic system. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I I studied the Bolsheviks as history. Why? Yeah. You're going to laugh at this, but this is the truth. When I was um, t- uh, 25 years old. Um, we were having an extension and we had to live in a, in a house in Brixton, one of my um, um, father-in-law's house. And I was terrified. Mm. Terrified. Yeah? I had to go and do a shopping. I thought, it's going to rape me. They're going to do all sorts. Wow. Yeah? Wow. Um, and wow. Because I've never been to Brixton before. And yeah. this, you laugh at this, but this is very true. Um, I was bringing the shopping back and this raster guy came up to me and goes, sister, I need to carry this, uh, carry this shopping for you. I was like, Wow. It's my own people. I was frightened of my own people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my yeah. own people. I was frightened of my own people because I'd never been to Brixton, yes? Yeah. Because um, we, we, I lived in Mitchell all my life. Yeah. And I, I find it very upsetting that you're having the same issues that we had when I was at school. And this is ultimately yeah, my very point. Sad. Thank you so much. Like what he said is true oh, about yeah. the economic system. Exactly. The zero contract hours, what they do to the black boys, is the same what they did when I was at school. Exactly. And so that's why I feel like... Um, I read that. That brings me back full circle to rounding it up on in terms of this book. That was a long ass fucking discussion. But it brings me back to what I was saying about this book in that how is it that my man, Jimmy Ellis, is talking about something that we can all talk about now comfortably? Why, is no, why has nothing changed? Why are we still perpetuating the same thing? Why do we want black children and students to stay at a specific level? Why? Because we're meant to be in this country as workers, not as leaders. And so... I feel like that needs to change and how do we change that? I don't have all of the answers but we need to do something. Go on. You were going to say something. Go on. You were going to say something. No, no. Here at the front. Yeah. Yeah. What I seem to understand from everything that's going on tonight or rather the discussion that's being had is that we all have a unanimous pain when it comes to education and the education system. But the problem that we, we, as you say, we can't, we navigate no, we exist yes. in these fr- like fringes and frames. We exist. Yeah. But we cannot navigate ourselves to the point where we actually have autonomy over our own existence. That's it. And the problem is, if we continue to have this sort of, okay, well, we can invade this space, we can change it up as a one, like it's one person responsibility. Yeah. And it's really not. No. We need to find a homogeneity between us and other 
races or minorities where we can say, okay, we can all exist, we can all have a piece of the pie, but there's no need for this inherent kind of superiority and inferiority. But we can't do that. We can't communicate as races or even as people where we can kind of come to a unanimous decision that we can exist like this yeah. and we can have these sort of frames and these sort of fringes and even a homogenous kind of being. Because you have people such as the royals that exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MI5 who think that black people were a threat up until 2017. Gang matrix. Big up gang matrix. <laughs> <laughs> talk about these things and if we don't actually acknowledge them as facts rather than oh well that's just your emotional experience or your you know your just your one time experience if we actually acknowledge them as facts maybe we can get somewhere but, but the fact we can't have these discussions is the problem as to why we can't find solutions but this is why I, I wanted to make the podcast I wanted it um, down on, in the like on the internet but at one point in time I said all of the things that I wanted to say and you you can go and listen to it next year, five years from now, but I said that shit. And that's why I think that we have to find as many ways as possible to document our experiences. And in this digital age, we can because you man burnt books before because these things were documented and you went and burnt them. And it's a, it's, it's a deliberate erasure of our history. So, as, so we cannot mobilize in a way to dismantle um, like frameworks that aren't working for us that's the whole reason that all of this is happening and i just think that the more that we use the digital age to kind of um, immortalize our experiences it means that eventually we can come together and realize that there are so many similarities in our experiences and go from there but we'll be wrapping up because these people need to go home that are working here um so um can i just add yes, something go on. really go on, go on. quickly i just wanted to um i agree with what you're saying um and just back to your point about how long, how do we burn it down and it taking that amount of time. I think it goes back to the original point of these cards yeah. where I was saying that people don't believe that there's an abundance out there. Yeah. And within that, people don't believe the strength of coming together, the strength that mm. we can come together. What you're, I'm telling you that I sit in rooms and make adverts with million pound budgets mm. and the way that it is scrutinised to not offend people because they do not want to lose your money. Yeah. If you lot all, if you lot, if all of us came together, <laughs> if all of us came together and was like, right, we're not buying this anymore. We're not. You like when Nike did that whole thing with um, right. It's cool, it's great, it was the right decision, but actually... They went where they, the money went. They went where the money went. Yeah. It wasn't brave. Yeah. My, Nike knows who their customers are. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you man up, go in anywhere. So it's like, cool. Because it's not those middle-aged white men who are, like, filling Nike's pockets. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, so that's what I'm saying. I, I don't agree with this free... If we, if we wanted to turn around tomorrow and all of us got buck wild didn't spend our money here, there and everywhere, voted in a way that we were meant to, batted up our politicians how we're meant to, like, shit would, ch it would have to change. Have the to moment change. that you hit their pockets, I don't believe that, I don't believe that it has to take that long. The power, like, we all have, they want you to, they want you to believe that this isn't powerful, like, oh, it's just a stupid little podcast. No, it's Wrong. not. No, it's not. <laughs> No, but it's true though. It's true that you know there are people that are hearing a podcast that are, and it's not just like, I'm just talking about people in general who, who don't have imagination. Like, they don't rate you on the level that they should be rating you or what yeah. this means or the fact that you've got 
black women week after week after week and other women as well but week after week galvanizing and feeling energy that shit is dangerous yeah. to them yeah. so that's all I'm trying to honestly, say honestly but then this is why us as parents we need You're to show parents. Oh, no 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 I'm talking about the kids no no is it my fault no it is no what I'm trying to say is we need to show ourselves <laughs> Love Deborah Scott. No, what I'm trying to say is Deborah will wake up in the middle of the night. I'm a parent today. (laughs) This is why I'm parents. (laughs) No, 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 no. Well, going back to the system, isn't it? The school system. So this is what I'm trying to say. You I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, so what I'm just trying to say is it starts. From uh, from us, from parents showing that we are here for our children. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. I agree. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> As parents, Deborah, I've got children now. Deborah has said it. As a parent, I'm saying my mind. I'm saying my mind. <laughs> so. No, I totally agree. And it's exactly what you said. Like, um, And if you hadn't listened to the episode where I talked about the Samsung advert that I did and everyone's like, but, 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 but. That Samsung advert that I was in would never have, have happened if Kevin hadn't suggested that I be in it. Because so many times, and I'm just going to use this little moment to talk my shit. Um, so many times I find that with all of the things that I feel like I do and I contribute to the community and to whatever is happening on social media, I feel like I'm deliberately overlooked. Shout out TEDx and all them man there. You want to invite me to be at the event to come and see the speakers that you've chosen, but tell me why I'm not a speaker. Tell me why. Tell me why. But you all want, you all want me at these events. But speakers then, are making millions. Right. But, but these ones aren't. But, yeah. No, but, but, no, but no, it's, it goes back yeah, to economy. But, but you're choosing all of these people, but you're choosing them because you believe that they're respectable and they'll do the things that you want. They, they claim that they want to have change and they want to affect change, but they're going to do it in a way that's comfortable to you. And I've made a vow to myself that I will not do it to make you comfortable people will be in this room and be like right I didn't know that's what she was getting on stage to say but it needed to be said because fuck your comfort fuck your feelings the change is going to happen regardless the change is going to happen regardless you either get with the winning team ho or you're just going to be out there suffering and that's why I really wanted to create the podcast to remind people of like Kevin said of the power that we have as individuals you don't make magic out of nothing all All day long All all day long all day like the universe is in us but we are also the universe so we have the power to manifest greatness and we have the power to manifest change and that's why I made the podcast for a year podcast done but that doesn't mean I'm not going to do other things but it's because of you the power that you had that made the podcast something right yeah and so to me all of these people that like deliberately overlook me, I know that the hate you give, they had a screening people were in there that just um, talk about lipstick online but they were invited but I just think like as someone who talks about police brutality all of the time, you miss me out of that. Why? Why? But again, it's because I do things and it doesn't make you comfortable. So we're not going to invite her. We're going to go with the ones that they look like their image is manageable and they're going to behave themselves. But the thing is, like, you keep doing that, but the change is going to happen anyway. Anyway, and I'm going to be in Black Panther too. So... Keeping it nice and short because I'm going to give like um, 10 minutes to like Q&A. Um, here's the letter. I'm going to read this letter because you know I asked you all for straw of the year. Who would you have said is your straw of the year? Yes. Say again, say again. It's 
honestly, that was pretty much a landslide. I think only Jonathan had someone different. <laughs> like yours was still yours was still valid, obviously. But um, but because of the overwhelming number of votes for Theresa May as um to receive Straw of the Year, aka suck your mum for the entirety of eternity. Um, <laughs> Here it is. I'm going to read a letter from Michelle. That's it. You're going to need that. Um, Dearest Kelechi, before I um, go on to my nomination, I just want to give a big thank you for the podcast you've blessed us with throughout the year. You have no idea how many hard days it's got me through. Um, I've been listening since pretty much the first episode when you launched your Patreon page. I subscribed right away. See, correct person. Um, In a a world where there's so little interesting and relevant content, especially for black women, I have no problem, not one, putting my coins where my mouth is and contributing financially to support this gold. I pray that God continues to bless you as you've blessed us. Amen. On to our straw of the year. When you first asked us for nominations for straw of the year, I had to laugh. Why you ask? Because 2018 has been an embarrassment of riches from Angela Rayner talking about white working class boys. Yep. And being left behind due to the focus on ethnic minorities, lies. To Kanye West saying slavery was a choice. And and tap um, tap dancing for the mayonnaise man them in the White House. So... (laughs) To eyeshadow warriors, to people complaining that Stephen Lawrence got his own day but Lee Rigby didn't, to, well, you get the point. In fact, 2018 needs to pay me an eye cream for the amount of side-eyeing I had to do. (laughs) I've had to do on social media. It's ridiculous. Anywho, back to my nomination, which is pretty short and sweet. Prime Minister Theresa May gets my nomination. Theresa May, Prime Minister of the Divided Kingdoms. First of the Mr. Burns walk, overlord of, overlord of the deceitful and deluded and queen of the unseasoned wine. <laughs> T-Bot gets my nomination for her cruel, deceitful and racist policies that have directly led to the Windrush generation being turfed aside um, after helping this country rebuild from to the point where they now feel as if they are bigger than bigger and badder than bad and can now leave the European Union and still be a big player on the world stage. Not only does she get my nomination for this, but for the way she tried to neatly sidestep the fact that she was Home Secretary for six goddamn years and implemented these policies and then had the cheek, the cheek, to be talking about how she supports Black History Month. (laughs) Theresa May needs to get a giant straw for this. Also, as a side straw, I'd like to nominate anyone talking about how they admire how May handled Brexit and has it so hard. Awkward. (laughs) Awkward. Forgive me if I don't get out my tiny violin. My girl knew exactly what she was getting into when she threw her hat into the leadership ring after Cameron damn near broke his neck resigning in haste after the referendum. She's got everything she richly deserves. Anyway, thanks so much for sticking with me through this overly long email, not long at all. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for all you do. You have no idea how inspirational you are. Love, Michelle. That's a fake name. It's a fake name. Um, so many people nominated Michelle, but that was my favourite letter for Straw of the Year. And unfortunately, Grenfell wasn't mentioned there. And I really hold Theresa May accountable for Grenfell as well, the way that she behaved like, oh, we, we don't have a money tree. <laughs> 
you don't have a money tree, but you could go and get with them DUP man them to do what you need to do and pay them the money that they asked for. But people burnt alive in the building and to you, that's not very important. And these people, all of them haven't even been rehoused. Like, how are they getting the emotional support and the mental support that they need? Are those things being given to them? Probably not. But you're out here telling me about you don't have a money tree, but you want to stretch your long throat to leave the, um, the European Union. It's all very interesting. So definitely... <laughs> Theresa May! Suck your mind! Thank you very much! Okay, um, did you have a straw of the year? Um, yeah, uh, it, went, it went to Theresa uh, May. I'm embarrassed because some of my friends were moving mad around that subject. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the thing um, is, I, girl power is great. Girl power is wonderful, but sometimes not every day. Not every day girl power. When the person is a demon, sometimes just say, ah, girl power. <laughs> not today. It's not everything that we, we especially as black women, no disrespect whatsoever, but especially as black women, we have to be careful about the things that we endorse even, or, um, or you can have empathy for something. Don't come and tweet it though. Don't come and put it on social media though, because what you're doing by that is that you're starting a trail. You're starting a, a digital trail that somehow we support this thing. I will never support because of what happened to in you know at Grenfell. I will never support because of what happened to the Windrush generation and com- continues to happen to so many people who try to migrate to this country. I will never support. Remember her uh, go home vans and all of that. So what? Because a certain man are getting rude to her when she's um, giving a talk. I should somehow feel some kind of like my heartstrings tugging. Fuck that. I don't care. I don't care. You're the same as them. You are all genderless demons as far as I'm concerned. I don't see man. I don't see woman. You're all just demons as far as I'm concerned. So jumping online to say, oh, I kind of feel sorry for Tresa May. But she really handled herself there like a boss. You know, she really dealt with it like a boss. What boss? Boss of which underworld? I, yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I tried to have conversations. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it is what it I is. I don't know, but Theresa May, yeah, she can suck her mum. The who I was considering was uh, I said this to you yeah. um, when I was making Kitchen, and I wanted to interview uh, musical artists around it that are involved in in drill and and grime. I just wanted them on one hand to be involved, so they would attract the audience that really needs to hear it, yeah. and I also wanted them to put them in a space where they could talk open and honestly and not just uh, little bits cut up to make it sound like something else. And most of these men, all of these men, like Bar Lioness, Big Up Lioness, Mm. rejected the invite to kind of talk about this really important kind of issue, but then wanted to, again, as you just said, use their long, uh, dry, (laughs) un-cocoa-buttered throats... to ask me to direct and help with other things and this brand and that and it's like I'm trying to make a film that talks about children being killed in our streets Mm. children that look up to you can you spare me 20 minutes to be interviewed and you want to tell me about your dry like buzz track are you mad and so I wanted to give them that but then it's about the institution and it's about what (laughs) 
it's about institution. It's about it's about it's about Theresa May, and it's about those six years. It's about how she used Amber Rudd is the ultimate wasteman, but. <laughs> She's the ultimate waste man, but also like Theresa. Yeah, like Amber Rudd came in to meet the thing, and you were having email um, exactly with each other. Like, yeah, just delete the documents. It's fine. Just delete. Like again, the a lack of humanity. Um, that's the lack of humanity that's afforded to us. Like our inherent humanity that we are divinely born with. We're not even afforded that because it's like yeah, just burn their documents. Would you have what you have now? Would you have the NHS if it wasn't for all of these people that came over from the Windrush generation? Would you have that? No. But you want to now be like, oh, 17 years on the NHS. And you can have that. We helped you build what you had after World War II. Like, these people came and helped you build. They thought they were coming to the motherland, not understanding that you're a mother that eats her children. Fuck that. You can tell the evilness in, in that woman as well. You know, like, for me, like, it's clear when you can tell someone's... Look how dry and dead out that woman looks. <laughs> like, look how dry and stiff. But they're trying to make her more um, um, uh, um, appealing nah. by getting her to dance. Like, nah. the way that... Um, dance with part. for Boris Johnson. Because he can pretend... I, know, I promise you, like, if there's Wait, anyone no, no, no. Fear, but let me tell you, fear Boris Johnson. Me, that guy is listen, dangerous. So let me tell you about... Boris Johnson. What Boris Johnson does is when my man's not in front of cameras and there's no recording going on, he doesn't act a fool. Yeah. Do you understand? As soon as he steps out, <laughs> oh, 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 like, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually, I'm, I'm sure, I've read this somewhere actually, where when he's about to step out, oh, let me crook it, let yeah, me crook yeah, the tie, yeah, the hair, yeah. but, oh, I don't know what's going on. I say this online all the time, like when people ask me about, oh, what do you do when people underestimate you? And I'm like, let them, because when they don't perceive you as a, as a threat, yeah, yeah. when you're invisible, listen, do you know like how much time and opportunity you get? I let people take me for an idiot all the time. I think it's hilarious. And that's what Boris is doing. So you're yeah. like, just like ah, ha, ha, ha. he's such an idiot. He's not a threat. Meanwhile, foreign secretary, Listen, one after the other. He's coming for it. Lick off Boris' head top, trust me. (laughs) Hate that man. But I think that is is what is What kind of name is Boris? But it's a rich name. But it's what you said about um, people underestimating you. Sometimes we have to put our ego to the side. Our ego wants visibility, but understand that visibility doesn't always mean success. Like, there are plenty of visible, useless people. Yeah? And so... Visibility means nothing, but if you can let people underestimate us, just like they're doing, let people underestimate us so we can get on with our work. Tony Morrison has said it time and time again that the real function of racism is distraction. They say to you, oh yeah, you can't do this. You're like, I'm gonna show you that I can. I'm gonna I'm gonna make carve a space for myself in your space and da-da. But all the time you're spending doing that, could you just not have done your thing? Like, could you just not have leveled in up? Peace. As a, right. And in as peace. much as I know that we exist in a society that we do need some validation from external forces. The fact of the matter is, some they they, they don't have the say. They don't have the final say. They're not God. If God says that you're going to level up, you're going to level up. And that is it. So they can keep all of their, their things, their talks and their magazines and their things. They can keep it. No shame. And they can keep all of their things. But... What we're focusing on is doing the work. I don't want to be visible if I've got nothing to fucking show for it, you know? So let's just do what we need to do and mind our business. So we've got, I'm going to set my timer. 
because people need to go home and you've got work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but let me set this timer for exactly 15 minutes. As soon as it hits 15 minutes, I'm going to go boom, 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 boom. And that is the end of Q&A. So Q&A starts now. Who's got questions? Really? Really? This is great. <laughs> this is great. Nothing. T- oh, there we go. And there. I was, off you go. Jonathan, um, you better ask your question. Is that Jonathan? Yeah, that was me, yeah. Sorry, no, that was me. No. Okay, okay, okay. Go, go, sorry. Sorry. Um, any plans for you to get a TV show or anything like that? I know you're doing radio right now. But yeah. Any plans to move from there? Obviously, you're going to do the um, um, kitchen thing. Yeah. But anything, I don't know, on, on a larger scale? <laughs> I've been approached by people, but um, it's like I have to share the stage with people. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no I, I, it's nice what the, the couple of things that people have asked for me to do it sounds nice but again not every yes is ordained by God do you get what I mean like it all seems cool but I'm just thinking you're not going to let me be me though are you so I, I want to, I feel like for me, naturally, I feel like the next stage is to do something in TV in terms of a show. But it's when God wills it. Um, it is what it is. But I feel like I'll probably do special edition um, SYM episodes by traveling to places. So I've tried to kind of put money to the side. And that's also why I made the planner in collaboration with Shahira. Because I'm thinking what I raise from that, I can um, allocate to going to different cities and speaking to the black people there. Because I don't want for um, Say Your Mind to just finish and end in a way that I've only ever had my voice and the voice of other people that I know. Um, there are experiences that black people are having in France that I want to cover. Like, I want to just get out and get as many stories as possible, as many experiences as possible. So even if the TV show doesn't happen like straight away or whatever, I'm going to put my energy into making sure that the funds I get goes to that and you'll just see special edition episodes that are advertised like I'm now in this country. And, but I definitely want to go to Lagos because I want to talk about skin bleaching and black China. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Such a nice, concise question, not a statement. Who's next? So someone over here. Jonathan, where are you? I'm here. Go on, go on, because you told me you were going to ask in the DMs. Jonathan's always DMing me, by the way. Not, not in a sexual way, not in a sexual way. But we have like the longest conversations in DMs. So he said to me, I'm going to let people ask their questions, but if, I hope they don't move mad. Okay, go on. Someone's first. Hi. Um, I've basically spent way too, um, way too much of my life giving equality talks at universities, which means that I'm way too good at talking about these issues in a way that makes white, white people feel comfortable. Yeah. And so I really respected what you said earlier. I think you said something along the lines of like, fuck your comfort. Yeah. Or something like that. I really, I really respect that. And I'm trying to embody that more in my everyday life. Do you have like any advice or just quick tips about how to just kind of take that energy into every space you go to? Um, for me, and I don't know if you guys have something um, to add to it, but for me, um, I pray before ever opening my mouth. I, um, it sounds really odd, but um, I... Why are you, you like this? <laughs> but I pray every time, and I always say that, God, like, let me speak the truth that will move us forward. Like, let me do that. Because then when I know that I've said it and there's any backlash, I'll be like, I said it with my motherfucking chest, yeah? And, and I'll say it again, because why? You can't rattle... Thank you. 
can't rattle a rattler, yeah? I am divinely ordained to rattle, yeah? I am a divinely ordained table flipper, yeah? So therefore, I have to pray before it because I don't want to say something that's coming from a place of ego and not coming from a place of spirit. So no matter how I phrase it, I still know that when I feel it in my chest, I'm saying what I was called to say. Um, and I think that that's important. I don't want to just open my mouth and then air is just flying about, yeah? So I would say that for me personally, I read a fucking lot. I listen a fucking lot. Like, try to learn about other people's experiences and then I pray a fucking lot. So by the time I open my mouth, I know that what I'm saying is well-informed enough to hold its own. And at least I can stand by it. And just say it and then push your chest out. Because it's like, I said it with my chest, what? That's what I would say. Yeah. I... I, one, never, I never listen just to speak. Like yeah. I listen to, to understand what's going on. And I think about what I'm going to say. I think in terms of, um, I think I compare um, the levels of, oh, is that a difficult conversation? But then I think about how difficult my life is. Yeah, yeah. So therefore, you're going to have this conversation because I still got to go on with my life and deal with these situations. Um, I think in terms of speaking in those spaces and not feeling valid, for me personally, um, I don't talk the Queen's English. I never, I, I wouldn't want to. I love that I sound South London. I love that I sound like my grandmother's Jamaican tongue. I love that I sound, I, I love that I sound like all of these things and, and you don't and that is my power. And... <laughs> I am who I am. You can't do what I do. And equally, I can't do what you do. We all have our own magic, as I said before. And that's what I keep in mind. And it's not about me feeling guilty or, oh, shit, I made you feel... Like, my point of view is valid. Your point of view is valid. Like, the more intersectional conversation is... Intersectional, sorry, a conversation is... I think the more intelligent it is, the more that... You're going to gain wisdom and, and learn new things. Why wouldn't you want that? And if you don't want that, like, I guess suck your mum. I guess, I guess, I guess, yeah. Like, guess there's nothing is, for that, us to talk about. Like, yes, that is it. That's all right. about you? You're just a shy girl. Go away. Um, another question. Have we got another question in the house? Uh, go ask a question because you should. Is this not Jonathan? Say, Jonathan, don't send me messages there and be like, what I was going to say was. Jonathan, stop playing games, man. Because he's got that hat on. He feels like he's uh, Beyonce. Come on, sit. Come on, sit, Beyonce. Come on. Oh, look at Alfred. Come through. Hey. All right, no, I just realized um, something that we actually don't discuss in our communities is, and it's something that's kind of came to me recently, is yeah. I don't feel like I can challenge or want to challenge the people in my family for having, let's say, biases against sexuality or gender because I feel they haven't got the power to systematically affect anyone. And I was wondering, do you guys find in your own personal life, do you excuse your family because really, no. what you think, what can you, like, you know? if, if there's anybody that you can drag in this life and not go to jail, it's your family. <laughs> within reason, within reason, within reason. Like, I drag my mum all of the time. I drag my mum for filth because... I don't want my mum, and it sounds really selfish, yeah, but I look at it in this way, like, I'm building a platform where if someone now sees my mum tomorrow and goes, oh my God, you're Kalechi's mum, and then she starts saying some of the things that she says in the household, she will finish herself and she will finish me, and I, and I refuse to be finished, you know? So, like, 
I have to educate her for my own good. I have to educate her, like, should I have children in the future? You can't be saying them wild things and I'm going to say, oh, that's just grandma. That's just the way that she talks. No, it's grandma, the parents. No, grandma can fix the fuck up. Grandma is like... <laughs> Talk me a second. <laughs> but... No, I feel like we have a duty. We have a duty yeah. to educate yeah, and, and drag our immediate family because the thing is, other people go and experience them outside and you're saying that they don't have any real systemic impact or yeah. whatever or systematic impact, but they have jobs, a lot exactly. of them. And in those workplaces, yeah. they're saying the things that they're saying. And one time my mom said something, she's very, very lucky that she could, my mom is best at this like straight faces. She said something that when it was now brought to the manager, my mom said, I never said that. <laughs> Wow, me. I can never I can never say such. I can never say such. And I had to tell her that you're lucky. That's your one yeah. strike, you're lucky. Because go and say that elsewhere and see if they don't get your class. Because they all of us have power. And so that's why we need to know how to use it effectively. Yeah. So we have to tell them about themselves. And, and I think it's also your duty to help your family members. You know, because at the end of the day, with our parents, our mums, <laughs> parents. <laughs> so my favourite word, Casey, go away. <laughs> well, I, I'm, well, I'm not saying as a parent now, I'm am I? Saying as a parent. But I'm saying our parents. <laughs> yeah. With our parents, it's, it's, it's down to us to help them, isn't it? Like, and teach them and... Nah, I think... No? <laughs> really? I think that... I think that... I am on this stage as a 30-plus gay black man and you're going to respect my existence in the same way that I demand it in um, spaces that I'm I'm a minority. Um, Everywhere, like, I demand respect because I'm going to give you respect. And if not, obviously, like, with my mum, there might be one conversation and then that's it. Like, I'm worth it. Yeah. Like, I mean something. Mm-hmm. I have magic. I have source. That je ne sais quoi. And all of you do too. Like, I'm Talk not just saying shit. it like I'm just feeling myself. Like, yeah. Yeah. and that's what I believe. I feel like the thing with me and like being a shirtlifter as well is like, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> it's a shirtlifter. I just want to go home. <laughs> But the thing with that for me was like I didn't have time for that because I was busy being black. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you understand? Like I think I was busy doing that, so it was like I don't have time for this whole breakdown. Like, and I don't know. Maybe I think my experience was very different in terms of those conversations because it was very I was out and bad from early, yeah, yeah. and I just didn't have time for that extra stuff. So. I know other people have really difficult um, situations and I'm not dismissing it. I'm just, I can only talk from my experience and my experience was I told my mum and she said one wild thing and I explained to her why that was wild and it's up to you. And literally five minutes later, she got her senses and was like, actually, I love you, you're my son. What am I talking about? And I think a lot of, a lot of those views are just handed down and passed down and Mm -hmm. there's just no, I think, I've said this to you before, like there's no space I feel, not only in black cultures but in in all other brown cultures, there's no space for duality, there's no space to explore, there's no space for, yeah, there's no space for um, 
mistakes or what does that mean? Or being scientists, and I mean that, just dissecting things and finding out. There's no space for that. It's always just this one thing and this, that, 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 and the other. So for me, personally, um, no, like I'll have that one conversation. Yeah, I did with my mum, but that's that's my mum. That was my first home. Of course I'm going to. But other than that, nah, it's like I tell you who I am. I'm not endangering your life. So what's the problem? But I feel like also another part of that is as well, like your your mental health, your emotional health. Yeah. There's only some, so many times you can yeah. stop somebody. If like, as much as we should use the opportunities that we have because of the proximities that we have to these people to let them know about the things that they're saying that are problematic. At the same time, you can't come and kill yourself. Like after you told them and you told them and you told them yeah. uh, and they don't want to listen. Oh, uh, mm. That's your own because when you get outside, it's you that will disgrace yourself. Yeah, but at don't least come and say that though. you know me. And even if you don't go outside and disgrace yourself, you are the one that lives with that toxicity in yourself. Like yeah. you are the one that lives with that, not me. And it's a case of distancing myself. There are family members that I just avoid seeing. I don't see them because I just know that every time I see them, my yeah, chest gets hot, yeah. and and I just want to fight. And you can't fight, so <laughs> so let everyone stay where they are. And yeah. it's it's conserving your energy. You don't have you you don't have Protect. to waste it letting these people know You're what you know what will actually help them. But if you do have it in you, tell them a couple of times if they don't yeah. want to listen. Eh. Now you'll be that I think one. I think it is about that one. I think it is about that one initial conversation. Yeah. It's not about every day, every day, every day. Yeah. It's not. It's about that one. Like, listen, that's problematic because of this, that, that, and the other. I've one thing i always feel about like my own people is the way that we can uh castrate and attack other minorities knowing what it is to be a minority and how we get attacked like 50 percent of me being a feminist is because i remember my first home my mum. but the other half of it is because i know what it is to be other in different spaces so it's easy for me especially in workspaces when men move wild like it's not even half a second before my mouth fires off. Yeah. I'm like, ah, why are you touching her like that? Da da da. Like, I'm not yeah. in it. Like, yeah. not on my watch. Not on my watch. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not. So I, that bothers me, and I think so. I always have to be like, yo, da 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 da. But yeah, it's about saving your mental capacity. Yeah. It's about. I'm not fighting everyone. Like, I've never met anyone with a temper like mine, so most people can't handle me anyway. So therefore, there's no kind of like, oh, is it equal? Yeah, it's not a back and forth. Like, I don't don't fight people to scratch you. I'm trying to take your life. So I try not to... Wow. But I'm not. Obviously, obviously there's only so much you can say to somebody. And the moment you feel like they're actually affecting your peace of mind then you just simply remove yourself from the situation. But it's important that you do mention it because sometimes some people are ignorant and that's just the way it is. So you mention it once, you mention it twice, you mention it to to the amount of times that you feel like, you know what, I can't actually mention it anymore. And it's okay for you to just remove yourself to protect your peace. Definitely. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Amen. And sometimes just living is a testament to that. Oh, yep. you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't know that, that you don't accept me. You don't accept my sexuality. Yeah, cool. Oh, well, I'm just going to continue living. Thank yeah. you so much. Like, because you're just continuing living, well, it's all the answer that they need. That's their personal problem. It's wild. So that's 15 minutes up. Yeah. Well done. So, Kevin, 
We do this all the time. If people want to find you, man. Oh. <laughs> where can they find you, maybe? They can find me at at Kevin Morosky. I live in my stories on yes. Instagram. Because okay, I just feel like it's a more authentic space. Yeah. Like I think we get too trapped up in posting. Yeah, yeah. and all of that. Like I love Insta stories. That's yeah, just like it's up, it's gone, it's down. So at yeah. Kevin Morosky, wherever, if you want to, but please don't, don't move mad and don't. <laughs> like I'm lovely, but also like I'm not. I'm not. Don't, <laughs> don't play yourselves. Yeah, perfect. And where can I find you? Especially because I, Deborah didn't go into it a lot, but there were days when she would wake up early to go and do um, a bride's hair. As a parent. And then, and then, <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> oh, as a parent. <laughs> we need merch. Okay. Don't worry, guys. When I start popping out my babies, I'll let you know. <laughs> as a parent. <laughs> so, Deborah, we need merch. Se- okay. We need merch. Se- seven, seven in the morning, she'd, or six, she'd go and do someone's hair and then go to work on the same day, like nine to five work on the same day. That is like energy. like And... and her work speaks volumes like you're Thank incredible you. at what you do so if people want to find your bridal hair business where can they find you you can find me on um, social media platform Instagram um, at Deborah Lola people... <laughs> as a parent <laughs> why do you need to tell them that it's a social media platform because <laughs> isn't, isn't that what people say now oh, my, my social media platform is no, not what people say Instagram oh is it okay <laughs> Instagram <laughs> Can you guys see I'm new to this? <laughs> so so my social media, ma- my social media. I thought platform. she was introducing a new, a new platform that we've never heard of. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at yeah. Deborah Lola. Yeah. Twitter Deborah Lola underscore. But you know what? Snapchat. I love Snapchat. Yeah, okay. Oh yes, I do. So yeah. Deborah underscore Lola. Instagram and Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's I'm it. always snapping. Okay, she's always snapping and then you get to see all of the range of yeah, hairstyles that she does as well and I love that she does natural hair as well because a Thank lot you. of bridal hairstylists are like, I don't know what to do. And she does know what to do. So that brings Thanks. us to the end of this wonderful, wonderful <laughs> show. Um, big up all of you for coming. Um, I say big up all of you because it's... Um, it's about your power, isn't it? It's about your power. And you've chosen to see me, see me for who I am and support me. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. You used your power that you have to make me seen. And, and I really, really, really appreciate it. And I see right now that 2019 is going to be big for all of you. That's not to mean that there won't be heartaches probably along the way, but you are stronger than the heartache and you are more powerful than the heartache and everything that you touch will bring you immense joy and success in 2019 and I hope that I'm able to support you the way that you've supported me thank you so so much it means the world every time you guys would tweet about you know listening to the podcast and everything like that I didn't think that it was going to be that much I remember I wrote in in November I wrote in my um my intentions for the new moon um November 2017 and I said I hope my podcast has a few hundred listeners and it's had way, way, way more than that. And it's because you just chose to, to see me and to hear me. And, and I am so, so grateful. I can't tell you how grateful I am. I wish you all of the success and luck and everything 
in everything that you all go on to do. And I hope that I have things for you soon. So I'm just going to keep like the pages there, the Say Your Mind page on Instagram, on social media platform of Twitter. (laughs) I'm going to keep everything open um, because there will be bits. Um, As I said, the the planner, the planner is out. I haven't dated it. I haven't named it a 2019 planner because I want you to be able to use it whenever you want to use it but thank you also so much so for the last time i have been kalechi okafor and this has been sym officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what what suck your mind thank you so much It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it here Hard time scrolling for your long drawers You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind